You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I'm your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you where we're going to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. So, I wanted to have this intro in here for a couple of reasons. It's a fairly recent episode, so normally I wouldn't record a separate intro and splice it in, but two things. First of all, I did say that we were caught up on movie podcasts now. And the thing is, Black Widow coming out, I believe, July 9th. I mean, I think that's the Friday anyway that comes out. By the time we watch it and we record the episode, there's only going to be two days for me to edit it if I was going to try to get it out on time for that to be our next movie episode. So I've decided that instead I'm going to take the Snyder Cut episode that I did have in sort of my back pocket and put that out as the episode in July, our movie episode in July. Black Widow will be coming in August, so it's still a much quicker turnaround time than it has been for movie episodes. Shang-Chi, though, will be released. We're going to have time to record that one and have time for editing sufficient so that we can get Shang-Chi out in September. So I'm hoping that with that and then getting Eternals out in November, we're finally getting to the point where we're going to get the movie episodes out fairly soon after the movie comes out. But I just wanted to put that out there just wanted to because I know I've been promising all movies are going to be caught up. Black Widow's more or less caught up. It's just going to be a few weeks after the movie comes out that we actually get the the episode with the review on it. But the other thing that I wanted to mention is, as I've been listening to the audio from this episode, I'm afraid that, uh, so my mic is a professional microphone. It's got settings on it. There are things that you can flick and turn and all sorts of stuff to get optimal sound quality. Apparently, something was on the wrong setting when we recorded this one. I don't remember that being the case. I must have discovered it at some point later and flicked it and not realized that it had affected the Justice League episode. So I apologize. It sounds like I'm calling in from a telephone and not speaking on a professional microphone. And I'm just going to apologize right here. I'm sorry. It sounds like garbage. Everyone else sounds clear and wonderful. And here I am sounding like garbage on this episode. You can still hear me. You can still understand what I'm saying. The sound quality is just definitely poor. And I want to apologize for that up front. But yeah, otherwise, there's nothing really different this week versus last week or, you know, I mean, so I'm not going to do a long spiel on what's going on in my life right now. Maybe there'll be something next episode for me to talk more about. But yeah, instead, uh, enjoy this episode. And now we join it already in progress. Let's meet our cast for this week. So starting off, someone that hasn't been on the show for quite a while. Uh, he loves Black Panther. He loves 80s cartoons. And he loves the librarians. And that is my buddy, Lucas. How are you doing, Lucas? I'm doing good, Nathan. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, no problem. So what's been going on for you lately? 
not much, a lot of work, man, a lot of work. But when I'm not working, I'm getting back to old series like Babylon 5, uh, watch the new Invincible series, which I know eventually we'll have to cover on this show. Um, let's just say that Lex Luthor has ever reason to be scared of Superman after seeing the Invincible series. So yeah, I've far. heard a lot of good things, but I haven't seen it yet myself. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, you, you might want to, uh, get your mind, you know, kind of right because it's not going to be like any other superhero series that you've seen. Mm. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's, let's say as much, if you remember the old Mark Miller, Brian uh, Hitch, uh, Ultimate series back in the day, it's on that level, but a little bit more so than that. But yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, just got done watching for the fifth time Justice League so I can get more of an insight into this. So it's going to be a very interesting conversation. But yeah, I got some new thoughts on it since All watching right. it. Very cool. And with Babylon Fire, were you watching the new like upscaled version that they've released? Yes, sir. Um, I like the I like the redesign and the, the actual remastering, but there are certain scenes that need to be reincorporated into the remaster if they could do that then they'll be flawless yeah there are some yeah. certain scenes that are missing specifically in seasons one and two mm. that you put back in yeah they have a lot of issues because warner did not take care of the source material for babylon 5 so i understand that even getting that version you know took a lot of effort and was a labor of love basically so uh hopefully hopefully we'll get a true high definition complete version of the series at some point but somebody's going to spend the money to make that happen yeah well we'll see what happens man but like i said uh just pretty much working and getting caught up on series and movies and just you know trying to get you know to my birthday which will be in about starting tomorrow two weeks so it's going to be an interesting two weeks all right well it's great to have you back on the show lucas thank you nathan yeah, no problem and next up Hailing from 180, he's our resident Roman, and he usually has a drink in his hand, but I don't think he does today. And that is James. How are you doing, James? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. How's sobriety treating you, James? <clears throat> Sobriety's miserable, man. Like <laughs> when it's not your choice, it's right. miserable. Um, I say that full well knowing, like my my aunt, and it always sounds terrible. Like we discussed this last time, where it's like whenever I talk about this right now. So for those listening, not in the know, uh, just a simple like blood test came back and showed I had some high like liver enzyme levels. So my doctor is like, just wanted to make sure it's nothing serious. I need you to go no alcohol, nothing like no Tylenol, nothing hard on your liver uh, for two months. And man, when I tell you what, they take that option away from you. <laughs> like, that's all I want to do. I'm just like, ah, I just want to drink now. Like, I don't know Every, why. Everything's but a tell. bourbon bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> No, it's been it's been good though. I am officially like two and a half weeks out from uh, getting the new blood test, and hopefully everything coming back good on that. So, uh, yeah, good. looking forward to it. Yeah, it just feels wrong for you not to be drinking while you're doing the podcast. That, that's why it's like it feels so weird because I'm I it's it's the thing I do not just for this, but when I was doing my own podcast, like it's <laughs> like I I always have a drink like I, I maybe depending on the length of the podcast like I think when me and Sam did her um Batman v Superman podcast um I was full of all kinds of rage and so <laughs> I I drank 
quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I don't Yeah, the know. tales of that podcast are legendary. I mean, I haven't, you and Sam have both spun the tales of, of the, the four hours is, of, of just rage. Oh, yeah. That movie. Like I, and I remember talking about it. I'm not entirely sure of all the things I said, but they're out there on the internet now, so... <laughs> All right. Well, um, anything, anything good going on for you? <laughs> I mean, work's good. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm employed, so that's always nice. Um, and hopefully some new things in the works. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of a slower season right now for games, uh, just with the new consoles that have come out. Not a lot of great stuff out for the new consoles yet, uh, but lots of oldies to go back to. Uh, the new Mass Effect uh, Legendary Edition coming out in May. Um, so I'm looking forward to playing that and uh, hopefully right around that time, getting right back into uh, hopefully some writing uh, for a uh, another friend of mine. Um, and then hopefully eventually back into some podcasting. I met some people from Riot Games recently that I play Destiny with and they're all great people and uh, they've all shown interest in like, yeah, we'd love to come on and like talk video games. And I was like, we don't have to talk Riot stuff. And they're like, no, that'd be great if we don't talk Riot stuff. That'd be fantastic. So pretty excited. Nice. Yeah, I sometimes get the bug where I'm like, if I could, if I could, if I had the time to do like seven different podcasts, I know, right? <laughs> I would love to do like a retro gaming podcast and talk about, you know, like a lot of Atari and NES and SNES stuff. But uh, yeah, that's between this and time streams and now legendary forces i'm like that's already three podcasts like <laughs> i don't think there's anything left of me to give so yeah <laughs> but uh, it's good to have you back on the show james always good to be back all right and finally uh, <laughs> he is our resident Conan expert and anti-chalker and that is mark <laughs> nathan buddy how are you doing, uh, Mark? I'm wearing my Marvel shirt, just in case I want to troll somebody on the internet, since <laughs> we're going to be talking about the Justice League. Uh, actually, nice. my Batman shirt is uh, is DOA, so it was either this or a shirt about Ireland. And, I, I uh, think James is wearing your Batman shirt. Oh, he's not, but that's a cool, cool shirt. So, yes, uh, absolutely. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing all right, Mark. So, so uh, you know, yesterday I had a lot of laughs because your your rage against the term chonker was uh, quite uh, quite palpable, and I could uh, feel it coming through the internet. It it you know it just makes it it makes my my monkey center of my brain just throb. You know, I want to I want to pick up a rock and like hit something every time I see that uh, that word uh, zipping around the blogosphere like 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 pachinko balls uh i hate it <laughs> we're better than this there's there's good language there's there's words we don't use there's words that we've just stopped using like defenestrate nobody nobody <laughs> uses defenestrate anymore why not yeah. a lot of people need to be thrown out of a window i'm right. saying yeah Probably i tried to bring bunk back chunk. when i was in in high school bring what bunk Bunk? Nobody uses oh, yeah. the word bunk. Yeah, like this is a load of bunk. Yeah, yeah. like the word chunk is a word of is a load of bunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, there's a lot of things you can do there, and uh, yeah, I just um, I it's I try real hard to be positive, you know, on, on my wall. I try real hard to you know not throw out the negative too much, but every <laughs> once in a while, uh, yeah. it boils over, and I just have to vent my spleen 
and 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 in this case, it, it just offends me as a as a writer that 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 word is emphasizing itself for me. Like I don't, you know, maybe I just want to say chunk. Maybe I don't want to say chunk. You know, that's okay. I, so, I, I, I think I understand you because when all the baby Yoda memes were going around talking about giving him some chicky nuggies, that line did the same thing to me. Like, that's yeah. chicky nuggies. Like, yeah. Nobody talks like that. That's sort of faux baby talk. It's like, no, that's not like, that's not like real baby talk. <laughs> that's right. We're a nation of man children anyways. Let's not infantilize, infantilization of our language uh, does not need to be a thing on top of that. We're just, it's just we're sliding down a greased firepole straight to hell, and it's a and and we'll land on a on a giant chunky uh, pile of chicky niggies, you know, and and it'll just be the worst thing ever. So this is and 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 then that's when the cracks in the sky open up and the parademons come out because we we are done, and Darkseid's <laughs> gonna look around and go, you know, on second thought, I've changed my mind and go back in the boom tube. So how are you doing in general, Mark? Well, I'm a I'm a mass of broken glass and uh, rage. I just you know, I can't uh, I can't get uncalm. But I, I today there was I had a breakthrough today, Nathan. Uh, I my I was doing my daily pace around the house, uh, cursing God and punching the air, and I realized that I have a, a tracker now on me. I could be walking outside, and so. I hit uh, outside walk and, and, and went around the block and spent about 15 minutes uh, just kind of pit bulling my way, you know, arr, 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 like that. And then uh, I went upstairs and, and I got back up and it, the air conditioning was on. I just felt a lot better. And I think so instead of cheeseburgers now, I will replace my hugs needed with, um, with, with, with a brisk walk. Uh, if that works for you, that's great. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to work, but it, it, it worked today, so we'll give it a try tomorrow, you know. Uh, as a general rule, I, I, I tend to think that exercise uh, should only be, um, uh, you know, in case of an emergency, but I guess this technically is an emergency. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, the funny. OR, yeah. Because you're talking about cheeseburgers and I'm like, oh my God, like a month ago, I was like, I haven't had any fast food in like a year. And so I like went out and got like some Wendy's burgers and brought them home. And I was oh. like, oh my God, this is so great because, you know, I haven't had a burger in so long. So yeah, yeah. My, <laughs> my world is cauliflower and broccoli, brother. I can't, that's, that's, that's all I eat right now. It's just the worst thing ever. I'm in hell, basically. I, I, I'm really, this is, this is hell. I got the dog with me and that's about it. So other than, so great, you know, that's my journey. This is my, uh, this is my, this is my thing now. Well, it's good to have you back on the show. Oh, it's always fun to be here. <laughs> well, that's good. It's good to take you out of hell and dust you off a little bit before there putting you, you back. Yeah. Keep me off the uh, corner singing doo-wop. <laughs> Out of the pool halls. No, no strippers and cocaine for me, man. I'm just, uh, I'm doing podcasts, Ma. I swear to God. Oh, man. Well, um, so normally we have our five-minute controversy here, but I felt like the topic that we're talking about is controversial enough as it is. So we don't need a five-minute controversy for this episode. So um, 
we're just going to, uh, to to take a break for a moment for a promo from another fine podcast, and then we'll get back to talking about Justice League, the Snyder Cut. The kid and I have flown from one side of the galaxy to the other. We've been listening to a lot of strange podcasts, but the monster sci-fi show stands above the rest. Isn't that right, Quarku? I still hate that name. The Monster Sci-Fi Show is part of the ESO Network. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. Welcome to Dr. Geek's Laboratory. Hello, everyone. Dr. Geek here with a shout-out to all the scientists who worked tirelessly to bring a COVID-19 vaccine into reality. (laughs) Let's face it, creating something of this magnitude is a miracle worthy of Dr. McCoy himself. And now, Dr. Geek needs you to do your part. Remember, each shot is one small step back to normal, one giant leap to putting the pandemic behind us. We can do this. For more information, visit vaccines.gov to find your nearest provider. Snyder cut of Justice League. So just really quick, um, I, I just want to poll everybody about your thoughts on the theme. Before we talk about the Snyder cut, I want to know what you thought of the theatrical cut of Justice League. So uh, we'll start with you, James. What did what did you think of the theatrical one? Ugh, I tried to forget it. Um, okay. No, it it wasn't that terrible i always make it out like it was i it wasn't good like that's for sure like that's what i know it was really clear to me after watching it uh twice i might say god i don't know why i did that twice in theaters um all because i i went and watched it on my own and then and then sam was just like i'm gonna go watch it and i was like i feel like i should be there to hold your hand or something so that we can podcast about it later because you're gonna hate it um See, so, I thought it was going to be something like with me with the Phantom Menace, and I saw it three times because I tried to find the thing that was good. I was like, it's Star Wars, <laughs> so it must be good. So something is wrong with me. Yeah. So I watched yeah. it three times trying yeah. to figure out why I, I there was something wrong with me that I didn't like it, and I, I never found it. So Well, and what's yeah. funny is what helped me find moments of the original theatrical cut that I actually like, kind of liked a little bit and appreciated um, was the lack of some of those scenes in the Snyder cut. And I was like, oh, that wasn't Snyder material. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, mostly it, it, it was just so clear that two directors had had worked on this mm. and it felt really clunky. Right. Like nothing and, seemed to smooth together. And there were certain things that just felt so wrong, like Batman going, ooh, ooh, ow, ouch, you know, like when he's on the ground or whatever, that was obviously a Whedon inclusion. That was just like, I get there, like, oh, that hurts, the pain, you know, something like that. Like, that's so not Batman. Like, that, like, really, like, bothered me, because it's, like, it's obviously a Whedon inclusion. That and the, um, uh, like, Clark saying to Bruce after Bruce has bought the house for his mom, he's like, I thought you didn't like me. And Bruce says, like, I don't not like you. 
like, yeah. Yeah, it's such an yeah. obvious Whedon inclusion. And and, I'm, and by the way, I mean, spoilers for, for when we get to V, I don't hate the theatrical version, but those two things, the Batman, I thought, got the worst treatment from Whedon because he wanted to make Batman funny. And to me, that was like, no, that's not the way to make him funny. Even that's if a different genre entirely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that awkward stuff I didn't like yeah. with Batman. But anyway, I'm sorry. Oh no, you're fine. More dad? Not really. That okay. that pretty much sums it up for me. All right, uh, Mark. I thought it was scrambled eggs. Uh, I think I like um, scrambled eggs. Yeah, yeah, but uh, not when it's two different movies. Mm. Uh, you know, the the early buzz was that the Snyder movie was going to be three and a half hours long, and that Warner wanted him to cut it down. And as soon as I heard that, I thought, Ugh, okay, well, here we go. Um, yeah, I didn't realize until, you know, this one, uh, just how much of it uh, got, got, got removed in the theatrical version. And um, uh, yeah, what James said, it's, it's, it was real obvious. There's just, it, stuff looks papered over. It looks like, you know, it's, it looks tacked on. I at the time appreciated what they tried to do um, coming off of the Batman Superman movie. But um, now that I, you know, I, 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 this, I gave them points for the effort. I said, you know, I, I said, good shot. Yeah, yeah, it was worth a try. But I thought then uh, what I thought now is that um, Warner wanted to, push five movies into one they they wanted they wanted to, they wanted to skip all of the work and go straight to the justice league when you know if they if they were going to do what marvel did they should have done what marvel did and and instead uh we got what we got and it's um you know i yeah I, whatever i might take issue with uh regarding snyder and his interpretation of of certain characters i uh, I don't blame him anymore for this uh, now that all this stuff about Warner has come out behind the scenes. It's a, uh, um, it's, it's a, it's a, and it's not any, and unfortunately it's standard operating procedure for them. It's not anything they haven't done before and that you haven't heard me yell about on past podcasts. So. Right. Yeah. All right. Lucas. Yeah, uh, I think you, we all have a consensus about um, our views about the uh, Justice League movie. The way I look at it is this. I think that Warner, as much as they were trying to put this image of, you no, know, we're going to try to do our own thing and not try to be like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, was still competing with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so they put the cart before the horse. Um, we never should have got a Batman v Superman movie that soon. Each character should have had their own standalone movie. Maybe a sequel, and then we got a Batman v Superman movie, and then we got on to Justice League. But they weren't willing to put the time and the effort into that. And so it showed, and what it showed is this. It showed that they wanted to make Avengers 2.0 but for the DC universe. Because like you said, Nathan, they should not have been making Bruce Wayne, Tony Stark 2.0. And when you look at it, that's what you got. You got him coming to see Flash, 
I mean, it's no different than at the end of Incredible Hulk, where Tony is talking to, you know, Thunderbolt Ross about, yeah, we got a new team we're starting up. Um, it's on that level, and it's like, it's cringeworthy, because as much as they're similar between Batman and Iron Man, they are absolutely different personality-wise. And so I appreciate what the Snyder film is that they just literally chucked all that away. Like all the unnecessary humor and what have you, it just straight into Ragnarok. Let's go. And that's what I appreciate about it the most. But it's hard for me to go back to the Justice League movie, not just even because of what I found out after the fact about what, the, what happened with Ray Fisher and Josh Wynn, how he is. And here's the thing is that what gets me is this, and it gets me with any type of allegations. You knew these knuckleheads were like this before. What took you so long for you to actually get off your butts and make an issue about it now? Don't wait till the Me Too movement comes into full effect for you just to just say, oh, yeah, and this has been going on for, you know, at least since Buffy. Uh, deal with it at the time. Because then your argument for me is like, well, what, what was the end game at the end? And there's, for me, there's a lot of blame to go around with Warner, with Wheaton, and even with how everything was approached. Um, but as far as where Justice League, the, the theatrical cut, um, it's hard for me to go back to. In fact, after watching this one, this is for me my definitive Justice League. And I know we're not going to get anything else afterwards, and I'm kind of okay with it because Paging's got her thing that she's planning as well as the other directors. But this would have been interesting. But at the same time, you know, plan change. And I think that with Snyder, he was able to say, you know what? I'm just going to do this. I'm going to put my own money into it. Don't worry about it. I'm going to try to fix this because this is a legacy thing for Snyder. He already realized he's on the same plateau now with Michael Bay. And that's sad. But you got two directors who they could do action movies, but for some reason there is a divide with them. And it mostly comes down to interpretation of characters. But that's pretty much my own thoughts on the matter. Uh, it's for me, if I was to think about it, I'd say I give Justice League maybe a C, and that's being generous. And I give uh, Justice League itself a B plus, A minus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for me, you know, coming into it, you know, I was not a fan of Man of Steel and I was not a fan of Batman v Superman. To me, the best part of Batman v Superman was Wonder Woman, which was funny when it was the movie called Batman v Superman, you know, and, and then they had, you know, the wonderful Wonder Woman movie just before Justice League came out. And, uh, and you know, it was so clearly better than what had come before out of DC. And so I went into Justice League, the theatrical version, and was pretty pleased with it because in my mind, at least, it was better than everything but Wonder Woman that DC had come out with since you know they had started up with this new continuity with man of steel and you know again i mean i'm, I'm talking about just the work itself because you know of course things have come out about whedon and how he did things on set and whatever and obviously dc just cared about the fact that he was the guy who directed the two avengers movies that's what they saw they saw this guy made two hugely successful movies for marvel you know we want that guy if you know Zack snyder bowed out because his kid committed suicide you know totally legitimate reason for him to back out of the movie and, you know, then, then we were bringing this guy in to do the, the sub work. 
and you know he was willing to make the cuts and everything that Snyder you know wasn't but then he wanted to you know put his own stuff in there too and um you know and the thing that I think uh, to me that's still better about the theatrical version the thing that I really appreciated in the movie theater was that they made Henry Cavill's Superman likable they did a lot of work to make him a very likable character he smiles he's interested in people he's he saves people all of that stuff that makes you go like yeah this guy could really be like superman like the ver like like a version of superman that's like what we think of in pop culture you know as much as much as the snyder cut puts back in and does differently or whatever we still have the very gray superman you know the very dark superman the brooding superman is back you know, in that version and that sort of Snyder's vision of Superman. So I think there's good and bad in the theatrical cut. Like I said, I don't like how Batman is treated in it at all. Like I felt really wrong. The Flash is a lot more annoying in the in the Whedon version than in the than in the Snyder cut version. Um, you know, but uh, but you know, I appreciated it at the time, and I thought that it was you know really good at the time. And uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff that the Snyder cut does that's different. Um, but I think on an emotional level, I still think Whedon is better at connecting with audiences than Zack Snyder is, who is more interested in visuals than with than with emotional connections. So, Mark, uh, you're, you're you're pointing at me and looking weird. So, like, <laughs> okay, rebuttal. Well, just 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 this. Um, you know, I, I'm with you uh, regarding um, Snyder's take on Superman. But what I didn't like about the theatrical Justice League was the fact that there was such an abrupt shift. Mm. All of a sudden, he gets happy with a weird CG, not a mustache there. And, um, and, I, and I, now I realize why. It took me a while to sort of put it all together. Snyder didn't do um, a 19... 80s or even 1990s Superman because that wasn't the Superman Snyder wanted to do and that is um, it, you know it's, it's weird that they gave him that uh, space to do that but uh, if, you, if you treat this the, the three movies as a sort of a, a project like Kingdom Come or you know anything else like that then you know, what you have is a Superman story where he doesn't get those connections. And that's a, that's a take. It's a valid take on Superman. It's not a take that I think, it, clearly it was, it was a mistake because it didn't resonate with a lot of people. And I don't think a lot of people got what he was trying to do. But with this new cut in place, uh, there is a much more, there's a, it's a seamless progression. We, and, and when he comes back, he comes back different. And and it's weird that you're right. The, this Superman in the theatrical cut was, was uh, jovial, but tonally he's better in the Snyder cut because, of, uh, because th there's just a through line on those three projects, especially if you, um, if you take the, the, exp the extended version of Batman versus Superman, which I, I honestly think everybody should just watch that 
instead. No, um, I agree. I did watch it before yeah. I watched the Snyder Cut. I had, I had not had access to it before without paying for the DVD, and yeah. I wasn't going to pay for the DVD or Blu-ray. You know, I wasn't going to pay for that for for a extended version of a movie I didn't like. But since right. I was already paying for HBO Max for a month, I was like, I'm gonna you know watch you know the the extended version of BVS also. And and and, and it holds up. You know, I, I like it better. And and, and it's the, definitely better. And so this is the deal. You know, they've already said that 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 Snyder's universe, the Snyderverse, is is done. They're going to move on to something else. And this is the thing about Warner Brothers. This is what they've always done. There have been eight different Superman movies uh, or movie things since the 1940s. Uh, Thirteen animated series, or, or twenty, depending on how you want to count it and break them out. There's been a Superman for just about every decade. And, and I said this in one of my giant butt-numbing articles that I wrote on my blog, Mark the Aging Hipster at blogspot.net, uh, um, that we get the Superman we deserve. Every, every, every generation gets, a, gets their Superman, like it or not. And Snyder's version of Superman, it, you know, like it or not, is the 21st century Superman. See, I, all right, so my take is slightly different, is that obviously if you're setting up, like it's clear what Justice League 2, where it was going from the Snyder Cut, but if you're going to say, okay, we're going to ignore Justice League 2, like the theatrical cut did, like it was basically like, we're just going to ignore everything that Snyder wanted to do with Justice League 2, and we're going to cut out all the stuff setting that up. Then there's an idea of Superman dies, he's reborn, and now, like, he's cast off all the stuff that was dragging him down, you know, in his past and whatever. So there's this idea of rebirth, and he's reborn as, like, a more lighthearted person. And so that's how I took that. I thought that that was right. the subtext. We were going for, you know, that kind of a, a you know, a take on Superman. And, and so, you know, for all the people right now who are, who are hurrahing the, the Lois and Superman show with... Uh, Tyler, who's he wants it? Yeah, Tyler. Um, Oakland. Oakland. Oh, is it Harper. Oakland? Is that you I, okay, yeah. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. It does <laughs> not look, it doesn't look like a name I can say. Uh, Hoakland. Tyler Hoakland. I'm going to have to work on that, Lucas. I'm yeah. sorry. It's a great show, but one of the subplots is a guy chasing this Superman down because the Superman in his world uh, destroyed everything. Mm -hmm. Right. He's the you know, he, he it's I mean, it's it looks an awful lot like what Snyder was doing in his show. Mm -hmm. So why does that show get the pass and Snyder gets because that's the not bus? the Superman we're following. He exists in the yeah, know, in a multiverse but, of, but this, of but this notion that they've never done a bad Superman. Oh, no, no, no. Even is, the animated show in the 90s had an episode with an alternate Earth with a black costume Superman who was yeah. he wasn't evil, but he was like a vigilant. Like he just killed criminals. Like you break the law, you're done. You know, yeah, Justice Lord Superman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Superman. Yeah, we've had we've had Injustice yeah, Leagues and Crime Superman. Syndicate stories since the 60s. Mm -hmm. I think so. None of this is new. Yeah, you know, it's just I, I think maybe people were desperate for something happy, and, and that wasn't what they wanted to sell. But um, you know, man, give them a minute. I guarantee you, in you know, in five years, when our goldfish brain resets for pop culture, and everybody's like, "Oh, be great as a Superman movie," they're going to be like, "Oh yeah, here's Superman." 
this Superman is, and they're going to figure out what their new take on Superman is, and we'll get three of those movies, and we'll either like them or not. Uh, I agree, Mark. Yeah. I agree. So now now you're going to make me play devil's advocate again, Mark, because (laughs) as someone who's not a big fan of the Snyder vision, part of the problem is other than the Flash, they're all dark brooding characters. They're all like Aquaman, Wonder Woman. They're all dark brooding characters. And I like having a Justice League with a lot of like range, right? Like or an Avengers or whatever super team. I like there be, to be a spectrum. So Batman being a dark brooding character is great. And I actually, I really love Ben Affleck as Batman. For all the haters who have been spitting on him since he was cast before they even saw one inch of footage, one of the best things that has come out of DC over the last few years with all their movies and everything was Ben Affleck as Batman. The idea of this older Batman who's been doing this for so long and then suddenly confronted with the existence of aliens and metahumans, that is a very fascinating take. That is really, really cool because the, he, he was already established. He already knew how to handle everything that, that he had ever encountered. And then one day Kryptonians are blowing up the earth and he loses it. And I think that's the most fascinating part of BBS. You know, that was, um, I, I think that's the linchpin in the story that he wanted to tell. I really do. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is the thing about uh, DC fans. They've never, ever gotten anything right from, I mean, they are a superstitious and cowardly <laughs> and always have been. Uh, ever since... I can, you know, I'm old, you know, I'm, I'm roughly 7,000 years old compared to you, Nathan. Um, and uh, I remember vividly working at my comic shop in 1988 and having people just freak the hell out that, that Mr. Mom was going to be Batman. I mean, come on, Mr. Mom and, and, and Jack Nicholson. Well, that's, okay. That's probably pretty good. But Mr. Mom, come on. He's not going to be Batman. Are you kidding me? That that movie turned everything around. I mean, nine days after that movie came out, there were there was a slew of articles in newspapers and on television. Batmania has come back, and then they show some idiot getting a Batman symbol tattooed on his arm. You know, uh, and, and go. I just love the character, man. Uh, I just love. He's great. He's a trip. Look at that right there. And uh, and so you know, all of a sudden it's like, no, we liked Michael Keaton all along. What we really don't like is this Christian Bale guy. He's not going to get it right. Oh, see, I don't remember a backlash against Bale, but I remember it against Heath Ledger as the Joker. You know? It's they—they're never right. Mm. They're never right. As soon as, as soon, if I ever hear of, of a of a of a group of DC fans get something right out of the gate, and 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 then and then you know the movie comes out and they were right all along, I'll I'll eat my hat. Uh, you know they, they're they are zero for 20 uh for all of that so uh, typically if anybody says oh this is gonna suck Robert Pattinson he's gonna be a terrible man I, I'm like I can't wait I can't wait because if you hate it I guarantee it's gonna be awesome there's no way you're right about this because you haven't been right about anything else since the beginning of it all so ha ha <laughs> all right so I think we've gotten our feelings about the Justice League movie that came out in theaters uh, out of the way here, <laughs> including a lot of baggage from before that. And um, let's talk about the Snyder Cut. Um, 
let's all take something that we really like that was brought back into the Snyder Cut and talk about it for a bit. So, um, James, because I know, I think, I think you're probably the one that's the most down on it out of all of us. What did you like about the Snyder Cut? Oh, what did I like? Something that you felt was improved from the theatrical cut. You know, th- that's the thing. It's like, I think I've had a lot of time to think about the movies, mm-hmm. like, like the Snyder Cut since watching it. Because um, again, my best friend, rabid Superman fan, like loves Man of Steel, loves BVS, loves this cut. They're masterful. Snyder in his eyes is the greatest cinematographer to have ever lived like that's his take on it so i was all like i watched it i was at work i sent him a text and i was like hey man watched it a few quick notes i can't because i because i can't talk while i'm at work but a few quick notes while i'm on my break this is my general thought of it and he and then he goes okay like no fight nothing he just gave me nothing and i was like really you're the guy who's so fervently like we argue like cats and dogs Um, And he just gave me nothing. So, I mean, for me, honestly, I think the best thing to come out of the Snyder Cut for me was the expansion of Cyborg, like really Mm -hmm. delving more into the character, um, really showing a lot more of, I think, that struggle for him um, as far as like what's happened to him um, and why like this is such an alien thing not just like what like what it is but just that this is so foreign for him to go from you know i'm a pro uh i was looking at you know like a college career and probably Mm. going pro for football and all of that it's just gone it's just gone and he's clearly a smart guy like we get that little cut of it where it's just like you know like, I know that your kid's trying to get a scholarship and everything, but, you know, really, like, going in, hacking the system and adjusting his grades, and I was like, oh, that's so Ferris Bueller. Good for him. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, no, and I, yeah. I would agree that Cyborg was the character that was done the worst by the theatrical cut. I mean, it's clear, because, like, he was, like, kind of like a, and also Cyborg. Like, it's like, we have these other characters, yeah. and then also Cyborg. Like, he was barely there, so, yeah. Well, and I, and a so lot much, more. like, using him to the extent that they did in the original cut, it was like why is batman here why 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 is he here i mean i know he's got lots of money but really cyborg's doing everything that batman would normally do <laughs> like why I, I, I hate that line it's in both versions and i hate that oh, What's yeah. your superpower i'm rich, rich. Yeah, again no, it, it I, does a disservice to batman but anyway made me, made me violently violently <laughs> upset the second my time wife like gets it. so mad when she hears that too she's a I just, she's a bigger batman fan than i, I am and i started yeah. screaming because <laughs> my <laughs> wife was watching with me and i started screaming i was like no no, he's the greatest detective. The greatest. Why is this so hard? <laughs> yeah. But all right. Yes, no, I agree with you. I think, I think, yeah, how Cyborg was treated way better in the Snyder Cut. And, and uh, you know, again, we're getting a lot of behind the scenes information about what was going on there. And, uh-huh. and I, I, yeah. You know, yeah, that's the best. I'm not even going to get into it because, you know, it's not really the place here to talk about it. But yeah. Oh, I I disagree. I think I think the real villain in this whole thing is Warner Brothers. I think I think they're the bad guys. It wasn't Darkseid and 
Steppenwolf. It was Warner and Joss Whedon. Well, because it wasn't only just cutting scenes for him. It was even doing stuff like, we're going to make you a caricature and make you go booyah. And that's your catchphrase and stuff like that. And it's just like, oh. Well. Really? In 2017, we're doing this? The, the, the thing that's the... Cyborg is clearly an integral part of the original plot. Mm-hmm. And when you and when you take that out, then you you remove a lot of beats that get us to, you know, uh, a movie that 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 builds and has a crescendo and has a thing to it. And uh, I you what you really appreciate when you watch the Snyder cut is the hatchet job Whedon did on the movie. I mean, uh, he it's a Frankenstein. Uh, what what's yeah, what he, he unpersoned? Yeah. yeah, Mark he unpersoned Cyborg in this movie in his mm-hmm. version of the movie. He pretty much, I mean, you talking about being neutered? Yeah, and, and I'll never forgive Whedon for that because after this, I'm saying this was Cyborg's origin movie. Forget about everything right. else about the way up the dark side. This was a story about a young man who was brought back to life unwillingly by his father because of that, you know, horrible tragedy. He had technology, he did it. But his dad, in the end, was possibly a bigger hero in this whole thing because he said, yes, I know I wasn't there for you, but I brought you back to life. I brought you into this world twice. And you have a responsibility, and you can continue to not like me, whatever, but this is, these are my instructions and my advice for you. And it made his character so much richer. And oh, yeah. the fact yeah. that we, our spite, our absolute spite, did what he did. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. I mean, I love Firefly and I love Angel. And there's parts of Buffy I love. But it's hard for me to go back and watch that stuff, knowing exactly what happened. And you yeah. cannot have that much beef for a person that you just decide to, oh, well, I direct this movie. Oh, I'm just going to make you pretty much, you know, part of the jokes. Because really, there were three jokers, actually four, if you think about it, in the Wheaton cut. It was Batman, probably going to be Tony Stark light. That's why you say, oh, I'm rich. No, you're not. He's the best detective, pretty much the best ninja of the damn DC universe. And But I'm rich. That's the Tony Stark line. Then you make you know, uh, Flash Spider-Man 2.0, mm-hmm. you make um, Cyborg pretty much a buffoon, or not Cyborg, you make Cyborg a buffoon, and then you pretty much make, you know, I don't even want to talk about, you know, C-worthy, you know, Thor, which is what Aquaman was. It's like he said, oh, everything that I thought would work in the old Avenger movie, I'm just going to apply it to Justice League, and we're going to make Game Busters. You're assumed, Josh. And you know what happens when you assume. And so that's why I appreciate the Snyder Cut so much more yeah. than that. Because Snyder went here thinking, I'm doing an epic tale. I know there are people who don't like the slow-mo. I know people don't think I understand the character. But you guys got to understand this. And I wanted to interject earlier, but this is a Superman, just like any other team. All these characters are at the beginning. When you look at their original incarnation, they were not likable people. When you look at the 1938 Superman, this is a guy who pretty much held old Metropolis hostage because of traffic violations. 
Um, I mean, this is the Superman he was bringing. And I understand we're never going to get the Christopher Reeve Superman. And I know for a lot of us, including myself, that is a definitive Superman. But I see what they're doing. It's everything from the original impetus as well as Earth One, you know. And why I say Earth One, I'm talking about the two, early 2000s book, Earth One right. characters. And if you look at that, what happened with Earth One Superman? When they found out he had these abilities, they threw him pretty much into a basement. They pretty much said, and that's why his father would say, oh, if you use your abilities, you got to watch it, because if they do, this is what happens to you. This is why you're not going to get that smiley Superman. I mean, this is a post-9-11 Superman where, you know, government overreach, and if you got certain abilities, it's not going to go the way that you thought it was. It's not going to be, oh, they're going to greet you with open arms. They're going to be saying, you're a threat. Yeah. And that messes up your psychology. And so for me, I completely understood Henry Cavill. So I understand your issues, Nathan. I do. Because like I said, me and you, we're the same age where we grew up with the Christopher Reed Superman, but this was never going to be the Superman we got. And so we just have to deal with it. And some people can watch it. Some people can't. Right. And the the thing is, is if, if they don't want that Superman, there's seven other project you can go get well and frankly the hetchland superman is the superman that i want i mean like i think you mean hoakland or hoakland or whatever it is (laughs) i've heard i've heard several different people pronounce his last name different ways (laughs) so yeah the hoakland superman is exactly what i want because that is the version that is the optimistic superman whereas i feel like they've put a little bit of a modern spin on him he doesn't feel campy at all but you know he is more of that hopeful, optimistic Superman that I like. So he's re- he's really got his Christopher Reeve uh, Im- impression down pat. He sounds just like him. It's it, it it's weird. So the thing that I liked, the thing that really stood out for me, uh, was um, that opening sequence with the Amazons. That thing was. You know, you know, anybody that says he can't shoot action uh, needs to shut up because uh, I uh, I let out a breath. I didn't realize I was holding watching that that chase happen Uh, and and all of those Amazons uh, doing uh, Amazon all at once was was absolutely incredible. Uh, of course, I didn't get enough Wonder Woman, you know. Anyways, uh, because and so and so to to, to have that, and uh, then we go to Gal Gadot's um, uh, hostage situation uh, scene, and oh, oh, the bullets! Oh, the bullets she knocked out of the air. You know, people complain about Snyder's slow motion, but my God, the speed that Wonder Woman was moving in that scene, I was like, holy crap, you know, like, that was so amazing watching her just zooming around that room, doing all the crap that she was doing. I was like, this is amazing. It was so cool. It's funny that they sped her up and slowed uh, Barry Allen down. Right. But but I think, uh, again, I think that was an intentional choice. Uh, those that stuff to me was was uh, 
yeah, yeah, I mean, and to have this, the movie really kind of start with that, that's the first big uh, set piece uh, and action sequence. And uh, I was in after that. I was like, all right, I don't know where we're going, but uh, I want to go there with them doing that. So, you know, what's not to, what's not to like about that? It's, uh, uh, that, that, was, that was smart. And uh, uh, I, I still don't think he should have directed Watchmen. I don't think anybody should have directed Watchmen for what that's worth. I don't think Watchmen should have been made. But uh, yeah, I don't think Snyder, I think Snyder was damned if he did and damned if he didn't. And I, I don't think he, I think in, in his attempting to be slavish to the material, he actually made the wrong call. He, I, I think he would have been better served uh, taking the, the series and making a movie out of it. Or actually, and now that I see, again, what he's capable of, making a, a, a miniseries. He should, have, he should have done it as a miniseries because he would have had all this room to work. And then he wouldn't have had to have been like tied down into the, the needle drops that he did because that was in the comics. Uh, there was just, it, it, it didn't work. It, for me, it didn't work. And the thing is, is had he not done that, it splits the room. Half the people were like, oh, uh, it was great because it was so slavish. And the other people were like, yeah, it sucked because it was slavish. If he'd have changed it up, the other people would have gone, I hate that he made changes. And the other person would have gone, oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's great. It works so much better as a movie this way. So yeah, a question for you, Mark. Uh, did you like the... Did you like the change for between the squid invasion to being Ozymandias setting up Dr. Manhattan? Yeah, I thought that it was uh, probably necessary for what the, you know, what we would have, you know, I don't know that you could have sold a space squid even back then, you know, post, you know, uh, was it 2010, 11, 2009? You know, we'd had, we'd had nine years of superhero movies and, um, and Blade. And I just don't know that that would have been enough to, to, to get a space squid out. And, it, and the thing is, is for that space squid thing to make sense, you got to know that it's fake. You have to, oh, sorry, spoilers, internet. You have to know that it's bioengineered. You know, you have to... And, and the only way to get that in is to, you know, show, even if it's just in a, in a movie, what takes like 15 pages of comics can be 30 seconds, right? It's one scene. So that's why I think a, a, a limited series would have worked. He could have done a six-parter on HBO and knocked it out of the park. But when you try to take something that complex and put it into two hours and 12 minutes, you know, you know, shit's going to get lost. Here's the thing. Society has changed so much just in the five, four years since the Justice League theatrical movie. Because streaming services were still a small, somewhat niche thing. Like Netflix was doing really well. But I mean, HBO Max might have existed, but it wasn't the powerhouse that it is now. You know, it, what, and, and their Disney Plus you know, didn't exist, you know, like all these ones that have proliferated since then. So that was the thing. The studios weren't thinking in terms of, hey, we could do this epic mini series with a movie budget, but it's, you know, four and a half hours long or whatever. They're thinking it's got to be a two and a half or two hour movie, which is why even if Zack Snyder hadn't stepped aside for Justice League, the movie that we got in 2017 would not have been 
the the movie that we got on HBO Max now because the studio would have made him cut right. it. It would have been different from the one we got with Whedon, but it would not have been the movie we got that's four and a half hours long right. on HBO but, Max. But it, it, it should have been four movies minimum. We should yeah. have gotten we should have gotten a cyborg movie, a flash movie, a Batman versus Superman movie, an Aquaman movie. You know, we should have we should have gotten if they wanted to do what Marvel did, they should have done what Marvel did. You know, you can't skip steps. You don't play. You don't start Monopoly on free parking. Yeah. I mean, one of the things and I'm sorry if I step on your toes, Lucas, because I know you haven't gone yet with with, you know, what you really liked about the, the Snyder Cut. But That's fine, man. one of the do things thing, that man. amazed me uh, about it, though, was how well he did at setting up all these moves. Like, even though we've already had Aquaman, he was setting up the Aquaman movie in there. You know, he was setting up Wonder Woman 3 in there, you know, because that's what we're going to get. Diana goes back to Themyscira in Wonder Woman 3. He's setting up Wonder Woman 3 in that movie. He's setting up the standalone Affleck Batman, which is now not going to happen, but he's setting that up in that movie. He's setting up Justice League 2. And it's all seamlessly part of the movie that he's doing. But he's also looking to the future of what they are trying to do. That was going to be the spinoff point or cyborg movie was being set up in that movie. Flash probably wasn't being set up that well other than they introduce him. But he's probably the only one who's like his movie wasn't really being set up all that well other than they introduced Iris and they introduced. But the, the Flash father. has the same beats as the TV show. Right. There you go. I mean, you know, uh, begging the question of, you know, why you just didn't get Grant Guston, but whatever. I mean, I think that would have created that tonal issue that you were talking about with Superman in the theatrical mm -hmm. version, though, because the Barry Allen of the TV doesn't fit into a Snyder universe. No, but but uh, Ezra Miller. Thank you. Ezra Miller. Uh, uh, de he's definitely playing Wally West. I mean, yeah. You know, Absolutely. Yeah, it's, 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 it's Wally by way of Barry, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, yeah. But but yeah, no, I, I found it interesting, though, Mark, what you said was that people say, like, I don't know that I've ever heard anyone say that Snyder's not good at action. But to me, that's the thing he excels at. Yeah. You know, like, that's that is like the thing that he really like we, I mentioned. I don't think he does well with like the human element and emotions. But I think that for action, he's amazing. And that Wonder Woman scene was a great example of amazing action. That was just wow. <laughs> you know, wow. That's all I can say about I mean, that. What, he, what she did to that team was absolutely justifiably brutal, especially the last guy at the end. And, I mean, I love the um, the setups. Like, you're seeing people who are going to be integral throughout the entire series that Snyder had. I mean, yeah. the reason why she went to that girl and said, are you okay, princess? I'm looking at this, but is that going to be Wonder Girl? I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking at say you know Barry and you know Iris. They even show Iris in the theatrical cut. I don't like how they showed the whole scene with Iris. I mean, the thing that I have issues with concerns Snyder at the end of the day is isn't not the human element. It's the fact of and my friend really said this right. He said that he's a music video director, mm -hmm. and damn it, were they right? <laughs> because he will introduce music that you're like saying, huh, okay, but is that really needed? Like, is the girls, you know, by the lake when, you know, Aquaman's going in there, is that really needed? Yes. 
they're lovelorn, they're whatever, but it's that absolutely yeah. You could have just cut like five minutes just on that scene alone. That's yes. And yes. to that uh, point, wrong. I get it. Girls got you know hard on you know hot you know for the boy, but come on. I mean, do I have to see that? Like, what's the right. purpose of this? <laughs> yeah, to that point, although it was cool from a fanboy perspective to have Martian Manhunter in the movie, he added nothing to the movie. Like the two there scenes you know. that he's there in, it's other than the fact that they're saying like, oh, in Justice League Two, this is going to be a new character. Like he add, like he shows up at Bruce's house just to say. We're gonna have to do something sometime later, and then he leaves, and it's just like, what? Why is it's a general? It's probably a general. It's a general from you know the Man Steel, and you know Batman v Superman. You know that's Martian Manhunter. He's been you know parading as him since you know Man Steel. But you're right, Nathan. Do we really have to have them or not? Because you're talking about uniting the seven. Yeah, I saw six. So he's the seventh. He's not united because they don't even know he exists until Bruce sees him. Did you guys, uh, uh, James? Are you're a comics reader, right? Or are you a movie guy? Um, no, I don't know. Six of one half dozen of the other depends. Okay, I don't know if you ever read the the uh, back in the uh, early two thousands or it might have been late nineties. I it all runs together now for me because I'm over fifty. Uh, the um, there was a, a redo of Justice League. It was like Justice League Year One, and yeah. it it takes Superman and Batman out of the equation and starts it over with Martian Manhunter building the team. He's the he's the he's the one that goes out because he's the he's the one that's learning about Earth and learning about the people, and so he's got files on all the other metas. And his his thinking is is that you know. Uh, separately they're good but together they could be you know great and we're going to need them because starro is coming and um i you know i didn't realize i missed martian manhunter until i saw him in in the cut and i was like oh man you know what you could have done you know what you could have done with seven movies is you could have had that seventh justice league movie be john jones introduction and have him be the one that gets everybody together there you know? we go. The Nick he becomes the Nick Fury of the Justice League. Yeah, yeah. Especially since he's a general in the service. It, right. He's he got, took over. He's got the cover. Yes, I know. There you go. Yeah, man. I don't know. Uh, no, no, and you're exactly right. I mean, the problem was that they had so many characters they had to establish already. And they wanted to do it in two movies right there you go. right which was the thing that marvel like got right was even the characters that didn't have their own movies had already been established in prior movies so black widow and hawkeye had been established in prior movies and loki had been established in the prior so even your villain had already been established in a prior movie so now you just say okay let's mix these characters all together and see what happens you don't right, need Justice to League. explain super spies right. you don't need to explain what a spy is we know that and you don't need to give us Spider-Man's origin. We all know that. But probably a good idea to know uh, what the deal is with Thor's family. That's going to come up. So I, I think I think it was they figured that out early on. And I just don't know that uh, Warner ever got at their feet. But I'll tell you, uh, going forward, I don't know that I need a Justice League movie if that's where it's going to be. I would much rather they do the thing that they at their best can do well, which is tell an epic comma mythic uh, story 
using their epic comma mythic characters. All right, I'm right. going to put a pin on that, Mark, because I want I to go. Because that was something I wanted to talk about, but but I want to you, talk. I want Lucas to. You, I want Lucas to to give us what he one thing that he really liked about the Snyder Cut. I think I'll echo echo what uh, James said. You know, is Victor Stone as okay. a cyborg? He was that was the best part. And we're going. All right, what's, what's your second best then? <laughs> My second best. Is pretty much that they that Snyder got what he wanted to make this an epic story. Um, how we got here, you know, you could talk about it in the bay all you want, but the fact that he was really saying we're going to apocalypse. That's where at the end of the day we're going to have to go. Um, and the sh- and the show, I mean, they gave Steppenwolf the destroyer armor. To cry out loud, I mean, you saw the armor they gave him and. The original uh, theatrical cut. That was nothing. This one here, I look at this and say, "You went to Thor's place. You beat up a, a destroyer, and then you retrofit <laughs> the armor, didn't you? Didn't you, Steppenwolf?" <laughs> and and his and, and his, you know, even I felt for Steppenwolf because this man just wants to go home. You know, he said there was a failed coup. I want to go home to my family. You know, fine. You know, Dark Side. I was so sorry for this. I don't really mean it, but I'm sorry. Can I go home now? And you got to do all these missions to be able to go home. And then he finds out, oh, yeah, guess what? Uh, Darkseid, remember back in the old days uh, when you went to Earth and, you know, the Atlanteans, the gods, the Amazonians, and the humans, they, you know, all band together, kicked your ass? Well, I found the planet. Want to come back? I'm like, so there you go. Yeah, the, the thing that I, the only thing I had a problem with or, or that I didn't understand was how do you not know where that planet was that you suffered this defeat? Like, why don't you, like space is big. So to be able to get to a planet, you have to know what direction you're traveling in. And it was like, oh, we found the planet. And I'm like, how, how did they not know which planet it was? I, I'll <laughs> give you that explanation, Nathan. I'm glad you asked that question. Because dark side of that dark side at that time was not the dark side we see here. This is a young, think about it in this case. We know that these beings go maybe thousands or hundreds of thousands of years in their lifespan, right? We all know as far as where mentally where dark side was when he actually went up against these guys and was about to conquer. He could have just been, from his state of view, either a young adult or a teenager. But you guys butt whooped. And you know what happens when kids who are in sports, whatever, get their butt whooped. They either get better or they try to ignore that even happened. So the way I'm thinking about it is this. That's a plant where he's saying, yes, I was able to conquer this. But we don't talk about that. So he wiped He wiped all the, like, the ship's memory and everything. So there you never go. But, 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 but that's the younger stupid. That's the younger stupid dark side. The dark side now is saying, oh. I haven't thought about that in hundreds of thousands of years. Huh. And they got the anti-life equation? Hmm, interesting. Take me there. And so I think that that is the reason why we're seeing that from that standpoint. But no, your argument uh, and your thought on this, uh, Nathan, is clear because, you know, it's like Napoleon, you know, losing an area and then saying, oh, well, I don't want to think about, you know, that area ever again. No, he wants to rebuild and go back there with a bigger force. Darkseid spent 
over 100,000 years avoiding Earth from, you know, what I was able to gather from the Snyder Cut. And all of a sudden, this is the one thing that brings it up because you got to think about this. All the mother boxes are put in several locations on Earth. Each one is very integral, but when joined, they're able to terraform Earth, which means you got to make that process happen. But what happens when you got Steppenwolf, who's on this mission, realizes, oh, well, guess what? The one thing that you've always been looking for is at the place with your biggest defeat. So it's like Rocky versus, you know, Apollo Part 2. You got to get it back. Hell, no, really, it's Rocky versus Clubber Lang. We think about it. So that's how I think Darkseid is thinking about this. He's going to say, oh, and now I deal with the descendants of these people who did this to me? Great. So that gives him more interest of investing his time when the situation happens with Superman to be able to turn him and make him a minion, his number one general to go after and to be able to take it. And so I see the kernels that Snyder was giving us. The sad part is that we'll never see that. And there's a part of me that is okay with it because it really got, you know, people make jokes about how dark DC is. I mean, case in point to, you know, Deadpool 2 movie, but it would have gotten, I'm talking about savagely dark by the time we got to this final war. And so for me, I'm saying, uh, now nah, let's pay, do her thing. She got her own plans. James, you know, got his plans for Aquaman. You know, whoever the director is for Flash, let them do their thing. And let's just start. My biggest, for me, my biggest heartfelt issue is that we'll never get a Batman versus Deathpool, uh, Deathstroke movie ever. Yeah. And that for me is I don't know, like, the story keeps changing almost on a daily basis because after years of Affleck saying, I'm out, he's now saying, well, you know, now that I've been able to put this distance on this thing and now that I'm not going through a divorce at the same time, maybe I do want to be Batman again. So, you know, you yeah, never know what's how going much to happen. I know, Nathan, but how much power does Ben still command in Hollywood now? Well, he no, it's true. It's true, but at the same time, now the, Michael Keaton... Everybody's got a boat payment to make, right. you know? Yeah, true. And Michael ben, Keaton ben's now... Ben's got a mortgage now, and, like, and an alimony, so... That too, and right. child support. And right. child support. But at the same time, they were going to replace him with Michael Keaton, but now Michael Keaton is saying because of COVID, he's not sure he is going to do what they were originally saying and he was going to step in during Flashpoint. So it's all up in the air right now about what's going to happen with any of this stuff. I'll be honest with you, Nathan, with the Keaton thing, I just think he possibly got a a few pages of the new script and said, no, this ain't for me. And that could be, and he could just be using COVID as well. I think that they don't have a a full grasp of what they're about to do with Flash, because Flash was going to be very integral with what Snyder had planned. And now they just uh, scrap all that, and they're talking about, oh, we're going to try to make it like Back to the Future or something like that. Uh, no. Yeah, no, there have uh, been so like five different directors the on the Flash movie, and they've been redoing the script every year. And so, yeah, no, I know. I mean, Flash has been troubled for, for a it's while. A, it's, it's a train wreck, and it's right. not like a normal train wreck where like the train comes off the track, it's like a circus train wreck where the ostriches are spilling out of the cars and the clowns are on fire. 
and everybody's running for the woods and you know the acrobats are tumbling out and and somebody's uh somebody let the lion cages out and the lions are eating the conductors and you and you go wow this is this is a disaster i i I knew it would be bad because it's a train wreck, but I didn't realize that there were going to be circus animals involved. That's what it is. And my, I'm telling you, in, in times like these, my axiom is the only thing that's going to save you. Until, <laughs> not, the one about the, not the one about the gorilla. Oh, that's a I thought one. you were going to say no, that no, somebody no, 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 needs no. to wear a gorilla suit. No, no, no. That's a different, that's a different axiom. My, this is my rule for getting through this. Until I see a leaked photo from the set of the actor in the suit coming out of his trailer holding a Starbucks cup, they're not making that movie. There you go. Right. It, it's and with not DC, worth, that's actually a good, that's a good thing because not they've announced thinking all about, kinds of movies. That's right. That, yeah. yeah. That's right. Uh, James knows seven million dollars spent on a Superman movie that didn't uh, happen. You know, who f I feel you, brother. I feel your pain. You know, and that's it right there. Until I see evidence that that's happening, it ain't happening. Because it, because until it's happening, it it isn't going to happen. It's 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 Schrodinger's movie, all of it. You know, it exists in a in an earth state, and uh, uh, it is folly and uh and and a waste of time to try and speculate on what they're gonna do that way leads to madness and death i would rather try the wood beast on arborea than try to figure out what those assholes are trying to do because it's going to change every day and it's only going to last until the executive gets fired and replaced with somebody younger than than him who transferred laterally in from product development you know, that's how that happens. It's just, you know, ah, but, it's, but it's, we, it's not like the good old days. It's not Stan and Jack in a room, you know, going, you know, the next villain will be Blastar. It's, we don't have that anymore. That's not a thing. And DC is the same way, man. That just yeah. ass. But but Lucas, I hear you about Dark Side and Apocalypse and all that, because even with the theatrical version of the movie, Steppenwolf is clearly talking to somebody. There are boom tubes and parademons. And so, of course, you think they're setting up a second movie with Darkseid. And then what does it do in the post credit scene? Oh, let's do the Legion of Doom. And I was like, go. how is DC going to do a Legion of Doom when they haven't had movies for all the characters and they don't have enough villains? And it's like, how, how are you going to do Legion of Doom? Whereas Darkseid, at least you were kind of building towards that that made more sense. So, yeah, putting I, I cars before horses. Nathan, <laughs> putting cars before horses. I.e., mm -hmm. you got such a big appetite. It's no different than a little kid. When I was a little kid, I was three years old. I had my first pizza. And when I say I had my first pizza, I mean, I went crazy on a pizza. I paid for it. My dad just gave me a look. Well, you possibly won't do that again, will you? That's how I look at some of this. It's like you got all these plans but plans are always subject to change. Yes, we could be able to make this happen. But here's the thing. I bet money that the original intent of the Marvel Cinematic Unit as it currently stands was not as it was originally written. But we were able to get to a satisfactory conclusion with the Infinity stuff and now everything after the fact. DC had got to start having that type of mentality of 
you got to be able to put time, money, effort, and intelligence in this. And I don't think they did. They put everything on Snyder. Snyder is doing with no different than what happened with George Lucas and all these other directors. Haters. Haters who are not just affecting him, but affecting his kids, anybody else. He had to step back because he was not really supposed to be the Kevin Feige of the DC Universe. Right. They were just too lazy. And then when they finally yeah. got it, yeah, when they finally got, you know, Jeff Johns, I love his, you know, Green Ladder stuff. The boy cannot manage to save his butt. And with this whole thing with Wheaton um, and what happened with Fisher, it clearly shows he was just saying, well, Wheaton made all this money for, you know, Avengers. Just go with it and suffer it. Like, that's like calling the woman who's battered. Oh, well, he's making money. Just suffer this shit. Don't worry about it. We'll got it on the back end. No, deal with this knucklehead. Jeff wasn't willing to do it. And so now, you know, DC is playing catch-up, but it's also like saying, yes, we're going to give the fans what they want, yeah, because we want to be able. And you're right. It's not even Warner Bros. It's at t because they want that subscription. Yeah. They want that subscription, but it is short-term thinking for short-term outcomes, i.e., we want a big boom, but it's not going to, you know, just be honest here. How many people drop their account after Justice League and possibly now Godzilla? They've seen it. They're not coming back to HBO Max. No, no, I, I'm right with you, Lucas, because that's exactly what I did. I was like, I'm hanging in for Godzilla versus King Kong. And then there that's it, because it's going to be months and, before Dune, which is the next movie they're putting out that I want to see. And by then, I might be able to go to the movie theater anyway. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm done now, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got Babylon 5 and I got, you know, Batman and, you know, Superman animated series and Justice League. So for me, I'm a kid in a cage story because it's hard now just to be able to get the DVDs now for some of this stuff. Because mm-hmm. everything is so streaming that you try to go on Amazon for some of this stuff, 80 bucks, 75 bucks. Why would I want to put all of that just to be able to have it when I can just spend $15.99 per month to be able to watch it and I can just stream and binge it? Like, this is it. But if you're just a person who's just event-oriented or movie-oriented, you see what you have to see. Yeah. Cancel your account. But that's not how you should run things. You should give them more content. That's the only good thing for the Disney thing is that they're at least trying to put out new content to keep people coming back or at least staying. And I got to be uh, fair. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be fair here. What Marvel did is not typical right like like the short-term thinking is typical like that is hollywood's mo marvel and feige were amazing because of the fact that they were able like like he was able to see the vision of if we set out the pieces we can tell a bigger story that has a bigger payoff and somehow he was able to get disney to buy into that and now disney's spinning that off into other things because they've seen how it worked with their marvel subsidiary and now they're looking at oh well we got this star wars property remember originally it was paramount that was that was backing them which is another old school old thinking uh studio and uh they have all said before uh many times in many different places how terrified they were because basically, you know, 
what the, what what happened is is Paramount gave them enough rope and said, "Okay, here you go. You better not screw this up." And they were like, "Oh, what we do? What did we do?" It just happened to. I mean, it worked because they were they they were at least committed to making new mistakes. They weren't going to redo old mistakes. They were at least going to try something new to make to and 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 if they failed, it would be. Uh, for, for having done something different. Right. But what Warner's problem is nobody, you know, this is, they're trying to emulate the size of the Marvel cinematic universe right. without doing what you need to do. Cause you can't have that big mega interconnected franchise of, you know, it's a franchise of franchises because they're all right. their own, you know, individual character and their own movies, but then they also interconnect. It, it, you can't do that without laying out the pieces and doing long-term thinking. And that's the problem there. But, yep. but well, that's the problem. Warner Brothers is taking their, their classic thinking and trying to say like, well, give us what Marvel has. Well, you can't do that. Did you have thoughts, Nathan? Were we supposed to follow a format or are we just going to just. Uh, well, I, I still haven't gotten to what I really liked about the story. <laughs> <laughs> but we, the three of us really like to talk you, me and Lucas and poor James is sitting in the corner. there. It's just like, <laughs> when I'm directly addressed, I'll answer the question. Well, here's, here's the thing. So like, and we'll probably get into this with some of your other questions. Lucas messed me up. He, he messed me up. He said some stuff that I went, I never thought about this perspective before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I had so many things, but now you like messed it up because now I'm like, wait, mm, that doesn't really apply because yeah. he said that. It was, oh. a, it was an inspired take. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. oh. It was really good. And I was like, I, I, yeah. What's going to just... make, what's really going to make my buddy Paul mad is when I tell him about that and i'll be like i like if that was the case i i was with you mark i was like if that's the case if that's what was being shot for that changes everything yeah that changes my perspective in a in many great ways and he'll be pissed he'll be through the roof he'll be like are you kidding me since man of steel since man of steel i've been trying to convince you i'd be like yeah but you didn't have the right argument lucas, <laughs> lucas had the right argument well, and this is why I enjoy doing this show, and this is why I hate when people are like, well, you can't convince anyone of anything, and so there's no point expressing your opinion if it's different from the other person. Just let them have their opinion, and you have your opinion, and don't talk about it. Because I'm like, but no, like, I am a thinking human being, so if somebody gives me a compelling argument, I change my opinion. Like, you know, and I expect other people to opinion. do the same. So that's why I love these discussions, because sometimes I hear something that makes me go, oh, that makes me reevaluate what I had thought. And so that's interesting. So that's why I love this. But there's so many people right now that are afraid to express their opinions because everybody is just like, well, that disagrees with my opinion. So why are you a hater? Why are you trying to force me to like, you know, think what you think? And it's like, I'm not, I'm just expressing my opinion, you know, whether positive or negative, because there are people that come at you at both sides. It's like, if you're positive when they're negative, that's wrong. Or if you're negative when they're positive, that's wrong. And it's just like, it's it's my opinion. Yeah, it, it turns it turns into your reality is not my own. Therefore, it is irrelevant. Batman is flying on Superman. Who cares? So, so yeah. So so what I really like about the about the Snyder cut and this just I guess speaks to my own like 
you know, like way of thinking and everything is there, there, and I'm going to explain it by explaining this book series that I read once. It's the, it's the word and void series by Terry Brooks. And one of the things in that series is that when this character goes to sleep, he lives in the future that will happen if he fails in his mission. And so what I really love about uh, Snyder Cut, like the thing that's the most interesting part of it to me is what's called Nightmare, which started in BVS. And there's the continuation of that in the Snyder Cut. And this idea that that's what's happening to Batman is he sleeps. And when he sleeps, he's living in the universe of what you know, will happen if they fail against Darkseid. And I find that super interesting. I, in fact, I want that movie. I'm like, forget Justice League 2 or whatever. I want to see Batman in the post-apocalyptic universe, you know, where, where you know, Darkseid is one, Superman, because Lois was killed, has turned evil. And, you know, they're like the last few people like trying to eke out an existence and find a way of changing the timeline so that this doesn't happen. You know, it's days of future past. It's whatever. I always right. love the dark, gritty future that they yeah. have to change. Yeah. You know, I love that. It's, it's like one of my favorite tropes in like fiction. And I'm glad that that came back. Because that was one of my problems after watching the theatrical cut. I was like, what was the point of that scene in BVS where Bruce sees this alternate future and the flash is like, Lois is the key. You know, oh no, I'm too early. And then he snaps away. And it's like, I, I don't, <laughs> you know, there's nothing that connects to that. And then this movie gives you that connective tissue and you see that they're setting yeah. up the next movie which is going to be, I, I'm pretty sure that's the movie that's sort of good, was supposed to be the linchpin in yeah. that um, in that story arc. And I, you know, I'm just a fan of Batman in goggles and a duster. You know, <laughs> yes. uh, that's, that's always a good Batman look, so. Yeah, and again, yeah. more Deathstroke also in that, you know, right. alternate future. So right. that would have been really interesting too. So, so yeah, I mean, I loved that. I mean, we didn't get a huge amount of it, but just what we got, because that set like my creative part of my brain like firing and I could just see like so many cool like scenarios and scenes that could spin out from that. And would so it, that would it have included an Alfred versus Wintergreen scene that was like the Robin Cato uh, fight in the Batman Green Hornet crossover because I would I'd fund that on right. Kickstarter if that was going to happen. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's the other thing is the is is Alfred is so good in these movies. Also, um, you know, that's the that that's again I mean, the casting I, I think is was fantastic in all of these. Um, but but yeah, no, I would put that more in the Batman movie that should have been with Affleck. That, that's where we would have gotten the Alfred versus Wintergreen scene. We kind of talked about what we liked from this movie um, or the things that really got us excited about the movie. And so, you know, the next thing that I wanted to ask is we kind of touched on, we kind of verged on because the, the, the word is, and, and like I mentioned already, this everything's changing on a daily basis. HBO Max is going to, you know, the, the, the Warner, you know, cinematic people and saying, look, this movie did really, really well. Like this thing, like really helped our streaming service. We think maybe there should be a Justice League too. And we, we need to put this into production. And we know that, you know, Warner corporate has said, you know, like, hey, no, we're not, we're not doing this. But the question is, how much money did they make? How many new subscribers did they get? Can they sway this opinion? So if that's true, because again, all of this is caveats and reports and, and, and rumors, would you want 
a Justice League too. And I think Lucas, I think you're the one who most definitively already spoke on that subject. But uh, but do you have anything more you want to say about would would you want a Justice League too if it was going to be like on HBO Max and be you know another you know mini series ish or because yeah, that's the thing even though it was four and a half hours long you could watch it as a movie but they made it so it had six chapters so you could also watch it as a mini series so i mean it was up to you as the viewer my wife and i watched it in two you know we did we did one through three and then we did four through six you know a couple nights later um so yeah lucas like what would you would, would you be okay with that would you be cool with that I would be okay with it, but I'm trying to get in mind. So I say a, a Warner Brothers or even an AT&T executive pitching this. Because I'll be honest with you, Nathan, this is how I would do it. The movie itself wouldn't be a movie. It'd be miniseries. It'd be long for TV miniseries. And this is how I would cater, okay? Now, they're not going to like this because they're going to be thinking it's double dipping. But there has to be, you know... I mean, hell, we're dealing with the multiverse right now, with the multiverse of madness over at Marvel. DC needs to split off and say there's a Snyder verse, and then there's everything else that people are going to have to get at the theaters once everything is in the clear with this COVID stuff. And it has to be separate. I would love to see this continued, but it will have to be approached. And they're going to have to bring that Brinks truck up to. Um, to Snyder's doorstep. And here's the thing. They're going to definitely have to make amends with Fisher if this is going to happen. Because that's the only person I think is going to actually be working with Fisher in the future is going to be Snyder. Snyder will continue to employ the boy. Everybody else is going to be too afraid to touch this kid. Yeah, But they need to be able to make amends. But yeah, we know he was it. willing to come back and do reshoots for Absolutely. Snyder specifically. Yeah. Absolutely. So there you go. But it has to be done. You know, and I'm talking about a HBO Watchmen, HBO Lovecraft Country type format where we're getting seasons of this in the yeah. buildup, which means Snyder is able to, you know, sprinkle in all the stuff he ever wanted to. It still looks like a movie. Yeah, it's not going to not look like a movie. Right. But it's done in the in a but it's still in in a miniseries format, making it be forty four, you know, minutes or forty seven minutes, and what have you. But let it be about three seasons, and then the last thing will be the movie itself. I.e., everything is leading up to it, and then the movie. And that's how I would address it. But I would love to see the movie, but I would rather it be start with a series of miniseries continue to, to get more people invested in HBO Max and to stay on. And then the big one, you can either see on HBO Max or you can see in the theater and IMAX would be the big push towards apocalypse and saving the soul of Clark Kent and oh. so forth. That that would be yeah. perfection. If I was to pitch it, but you gotta be smart enough to want it. Let me ask you one other question, Lucas. Uh-huh. What about the ire cut of Suicide Squad? Would you want to see that also if they were like, well, the Snyder cut of Justice League did well. What about yes. the ire cut? Yes, yes. The way I'm thinking about it is this. Don't ever, ever discount your customers. And I'm seeing now is this. I understand you have annoying Karens out there who are the customers who say, see, I want to see your managers. I get that. But if the customer comes into a thought of realizing that there is a superior cut of this or a possibility of a superior cut, 
put the damn thing out there for people to see, for them to judge. Because the days of this, oh, well, we're just going to do it to put butts in seats. Those days are gone. And I'm seeing this now often because even if we're able to get everybody, you know, taken care of with, you know, COVID or, you know, age afterwards, people are still going to be slow to go back to the theaters. And Mark, I am literally saying all prayers and positivity to you, buddy, because you. you're going to need to have as many people coming into there because it's not going to be almost like, it's going to almost be like a delicacy just to go to the theaters. And I never would have thought in 10 to 15 years I would say that. Yeah. And I'm seeing it where I am in Georgia, where people want to, but the, but the will to go yeah. is like, I don't know. And so, like I said, for me, yeah, put it all out there because the more content that you put out there, the more it's going to benefit the entire company. But they themselves have to have the vision for that. And that's the problem I'm seeing is that they do all these big short-term mini, big steps, but when it concerns to the large-term investments, the legacy, they're going to be remembered for for 20 years, 30, 50. They're not willing to, you know, to pull that trigger. And so it's going to be dicey, Nathan. Very dicey. But we'll see what happens, buddy. Yeah. I'm open to it. 100%. I always wonder why these companies don't want to make money. Because it's like, if the director had their, like, okay, the studio said, hey, we want to make these changes, whatever. But it's like, the director had their vision, release both versions and just see. Because, you know, at best, you get double money because people are buying both. At worst, people will only buy one. You know, but that doesn't hurt you because you're still making money on it. So, you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, James, what about you? So, so both... You know, the question of, would you like to see what the ire cut of Suicide Squad was? or And would you like to see... Because, you know, people are saying, like, release the Snyder verse, quote-unquote, and they're encapsulating the ire cut of Suicide Squad as well as Justice League 2 and 3, you know, in that. So would you like to see the continuation? Would you like to see that alternate take of, of Suicide Squad? I mean... I, just, I, I wanted to say this really quick uh, when you were making that comparison like oh you get paid twice I was just like Deadpool Deadpool 2 did it they right. released the PG version <laughs> and they had the R-rated version and like one had unique things that the other didn't right. and both of them sold money <laughs> like um, but yeah um, it's hard for me to say because I have had such a storied past uh, in general with the Snyderverse um, because I've always had the purview of like Zack Snyder's vision of these heroes has not been my my vision of these heroes. Um, it's just not a lot of the things. And it's not to say there aren't things I liked. Like Man of Steel, there were things I really liked when I was seeing previews and even seeing the movie for this first time where I was like, are we doing like the Earth One stories that they just came out with where we're talking like, this is Clark and he's just not sure. He wants that responsibility of these powers. He just wants to be like everybody else. And and are, are we going to do like, are we really going to lay into it? Um and some of those thoughts and stuff. And a lot of that was there. So it's it's hard for me to say. Like, I, w I would say, yes, I want 
a Snyderverse thing. And I like what Lucas is saying as far as like, do it as like a series, um, you know, build a background. If you're not going to build a background in theatrical releases, you got to build it somewhere. Um, you know, as, as they say, if you build it, they will come like, it, it's the truth of it. If you, if you make these characters worthwhile to the point where like some, mega movies coming out to sum sum up everything that you did in this series and you have all these other people who maybe didn't watch that series and they're talking to their friends or they're talking to family or just total strangers and like what what is the big deal about this those people are gonna be like oh dude you need to go back and you need to get hbo now you need to watch the series like watch it and you'll you'll understand you'll get it um so they build the hype train on top of it i absolutely want to see an air cut if that if, if that truly and factually exists because i was so let down with that movie like it was it was like justice league almost bad for me because i was just like N these are these are all compelling characters in their own right when you read the comics about them yeah they're villains but they have unique motivations they have unique backstories they have unique feelings like they're you know like villains villains have feelings too you know and I felt like when you only encapsulate that in one character, for me at least, in, in, in that whole movie, which was El Diablo, and it was just like, he's the most sympathetic guy I've had in the whole thing. And that's by the time we get to the end. By the time we get to the end, he's fine. It's like, oh, I like this guy. And it's sad. Great. But you have all these other characters. You know, they tried with... with, with, with um, you know, each of the characters in, in establishing something that was meaningful about them, but it just fell flat for me. It, it never landed. So yeah, if there's a cut that makes that better. Oh, and they don't kill off the one native American hero <laughs> in like five seconds. That would be great. Considering that that's a great villain in the comics. It's like, why did you waste his time? A, you wasted that actor's time and B, you wasted that character. Well, time. the problem like, with the suicide five. squad is you gotta, you gotta kill somebody. Well, you do, but you don't, you gotta, like... You gotta kill one of them, at least. You, that's, the... you, you use Suicide Squad to clean house. Right. Is what you do. Yeah. Uh, Candyman, Clock King, Calendar Man, any other character with a C. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 you thin the, the farm leagues, man. You, 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 you take out the, 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 the D list. You don't... Uh, yeah, I, I feel yeah. you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if you hear A or talk... Here you talk. There is an air cut, and he says that basically he wanted to create like a very meaningful, like thoughtful movie. And then Deadpool came out, and the studio was like, "We want that." And he was like, "That was never what the movie, you know that that's what James Gunn is doing with Suicide Squad too. He's making a movie from the ground up that's basically like their like silly action raunchy movie. But that wasn't what the original Suicide Squad was supposed to be. But the studio said, "No, we want that," and that's why that movie feels so weird because they're trying to like cut a movie that was supposed to be serious. And they're trying huh. to turn it into Deadpool. It's almost yeah. like DC is the bad guy here. <laughs> it's almost like Warner Brothers is the real villain. Huh. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. The, the only thing I don't want in that cut is more of Jared Leto's Joker. Because I really can't stand Jared Leto's Joker. Well, well here's the interesting thing. I didn't know that you didn't know this. The interesting thing is, you know, the, the theatrical version of the movie has the, they try to make it like the Harley Joker romance, like, you know, like the idealized version of that. 
apparently like the version that Ayer did, like it's all about the abuse and it's all about how she's, you know, got Stockholm syndrome and, and she like has to come to grips with that. And it's not like the whole, like, Oh, like this is some nice relationship. You know, like when he pushes her out of the place, like they make it look like he's trying to save her in the theatrical version, but he pushes her out of the plane. Right. And in the, and apparently in like the regular, like the version he made, that was no, the Joker was just being like, like a jerk and was pushing her out of the plane. Like that was a violent oh, yeah. act to kill her, you know? And it's like, so yeah, I mean, it, it definitely would be interesting. I think to see it more in that way. Right. absolutely so anyway sorry <laughs> all right mark so uh same question for you about would you like to see the air cut would you like to see snyder's version of justice league you know yes the caveat on the air cut is that uh uh i don't always agree with the director's take mm -hmm. um on things because and 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 exhibit a for me is is um Ridley Scott's Blade Runner. Um, I, I, I don't think the director's cut works. And, and, it, and if, and if his stated intention was to, was to, was to tell us that Deckard is a replicant, sorry, internet spoiler alert. Uh, then he did a terrible job of it. Uh, cause, cause one dream of a unicorn is not, it, it, it's it, it's just bad i i think the narrative works i think all of that works so if uh if if this you know i mean that said i'd watch it sure you know i don't think lucas uh did anybody any favors when he recut star wars uh but i guess that was really a recut but he claimed you know it was his director's version his this was his intended thing all right whatever you know uh yeah put it out let's uh let's let the let's let history you know decide in our bread and circuses sort of way but yes uh i think we're all in agreement um snyder needs a minimum of six hours and he could probably do with eight or nine that's a perfect that's a perfect hbo series to to eke out one a week you know every sunday night and it ensures that you have to be a subscriber for two months if you want to see the whole thing, right? So, you know, economically, it makes sense for them. And it gives him room to maneuver. He needs elbow room, and he needs time. We're going to get some slow motion shots that probably don't need to be there. We're going to get some some lingering gazes uh, that we don't know is going to like if it's going to pay off or not. And it may not. Uh, in the case of the watchman, we're going to get a bathroom door that swings as we dolly in on it. And we don't know what happens because we're just dollying in on that bathroom door swinging back and forth. Um, so, you know, give him room, give him room when he's on, he's great. And, and if he's going to do, if, if he's going to pick up that thread, I'll watch it. I'll watch it because I'm confident in my ability to not feel as if this is now the only Justice League that's available to me, right? I got, I got stacks of, of comics and graphic novels. I got every episode uh, streaming right now. Uh, and I've got DVDs of that stuff. You know, if I need Justice League, I can get Justice League. I can get my Justice League. If I want the Super Friends, I can go watch, you know. I was going to ask if that was your Justice League. <laughs> no, well, no, I, I, we're back to Paul 
um, Paul Dini and Bruce Tim, uh, you know, but, but yeah, if I want to watch Gorilla Grodd and Solomon Grundy, I'll do that too. You know, whatever your level of, of, of involvement is, that's the thing. Uh, we're no longer in a, in a world where this is all you get and you're thankful for it. We're in a world where if you don't want to acknowledge the existence of, of uh, the Netflix Marvel shows, you just don't have to watch them, but they're out there and they're going to be out there. And every star Wars is available now at your fingertips. And so not the holiday special access is, is now uh, no longer an issue. And if access is no longer an issue, then yeah. uh, Having a mini series that leads up into a theatrical movie or two or three um, is uh, I think, uh, the way to go, you know, the, and, and this is the deal. And this is the other thing that you need to know about Warner Warner uh, movies and Warner TV are different companies and they are actively hostile and acrimonious towards one another. There is no synergy. There is no uh, crosstalk. There is no communication. Um, they're well, other actively- than, at one point, there was an edict that was handed down that any character the movies were using, they couldn't use on TV, which is why the Arrowverse suddenly got rid of a bunch of characters because it was like, oh, crap, we can't have Deadshot anymore. Well, we'll kill him off. He's done. Right. He's done. That can, and that comes from corporate. But the thing is, is, you know, that's why the Berlaniverse is, you know, again, for all the problems that I have with it, it's very well developed and it's out there and it's all available and you can just go watch whatever, you know, if you want, if you want tragedy porn, there's Arrow. If you want uh, uh, space gorillas, there's the Flash. If you want Doctor Who without Time Lords, there's Legends of uh, Tomorrow, you know? So, so uh, I, yeah, this, this, this notion that, that we need to be saved from ourselves is, is ridiculous. I say, let the, let the cream rise to the top, you know? Uh, it's all it's all theoretically well it's and it's all um from the consumer's point of view it's all technically equal uh lucas i appreciate the prayers and 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 good thoughts i will tell you that i think movies are going to be able to bounce back real quick uh right now uh if you want to watch the new disney princess movie it's 30 bucks uh to to buy it digitally on top of your HBO subscription. So it's 45. You can come to my theater. Two people can, can get a ticket and buy a combo deal with, with popcorn with real butter and, and a drink and watch it. And it's 25 bucks. And you get there out you of the go. house for two hours and you don't have to listen to your kids and you don't have to pause the movie because <laughs> somebody has to get up and, and water the dog or feed the plants. And, and, and it takes you out of your space. And right now, everybody wants to get out of their space because they're sick of looking at their walls. So I think right now, if if everything tracks, the movies from last year and this year are going to pile up at the end of the year and we'll have A, an embarrassment of riches, and B, we'll have a lot of tent poles for people to go and and just, you know, get out, clear their heads and and time travel to you know, metropolis or, you know, wherever they want to go. So uh, um, that there's still value in that. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, with the yeah. vaccinations, I mean, it, it's it's getting going out at a pretty good pace now. It seems like everybody yeah. on my Facebook feed's gotten vaccinated now. So I'm hopeful that yeah, in the second half of the year, people will feel confident yeah. about going. And, to and I can't speak for Chicago or Dallas or Austin or you know big cities, but I can tell you, in small towns, everybody's everybody wants to go and and do something. And I'm right. I'm I'm one of those guys. I'm in a town that's you know three hours from everywhere <laughs> so <laughs> i am the game in town if you want to if you want to come see something so yeah all right very cool yeah. yeah i mean as as far as i'm concerned i mean the i like like when when people were saying release the air cut like right after the snyder cut came out i was like i'm actually more interested in that than i was in the snyder cut because that was a movie that i felt really felt jarring just sitting in the movie theater like because it felt like it was like within like minutes was vacillating between what story it was trying to tell and i thought that there was probably something else there that we didn't get to see and at least with the snyder stuff i had seen two of his movies that were complete you know i'd seen man of steel i'd seen bbs you know but but yeah i, I really want to see that original vision of of suicide squad um now obviously it doesn't have the name recognition it doesn't have a lot of you know the things going for it the justice league did you know didn't have you know two prior movies that were that other director's vision etc but i would like to see it and yeah after the snyder cut i would love to see his vision completed because like i said like i at least see narratively what he was trying to do like the things that felt weird to me about man of steel and bvs i at least see that they matter for the story that he's trying to tell it's still not the version of Superman that I want to see, but I get what he's doing now. Like, it, like it, it became super obvious watching the Snyder cut, what the narrative thread is here. Um, and so, yeah. And of course, dark side, I mean, that's dark side on live action television or, or film, you know, like uh, on, on the screen, like amazing. Like I've seen him animated. You know, I've seen ever since the Super Friends series in the 80s that had Darkseid as the bad guy. I've seen him animated and I've seen him in the Dini stuff. You know, I've seen him in all that stuff. But Darkseid you know, in a movie? That was just to sell toys. You know that, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, and that means that the that the television show is, is worthless because of that. <laughs> I mean, I think if you're a show with great storytelling and you sell toys, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like Star Wars, you know, the original Star Wars trilogy did. You know, that was great stories that also sold toys. So, you know. <laughs> I've always felt that that's like a really ridiculous argument that the selling of toys inherently makes the product bad. But anyway, we'll agree to disagree. Right. Because <laughs> then Star Wars and Empire and Return are bad too. But anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, I, I want to see, I want to see the rest of his vision. I want to see, you know, what Snyder was doing. And yeah. There are, there are things coming out that say like, well, Snyder said that like, you know, Lois and Clark's kid is going to be Batman by Justice League 3 and stuff like that, but I'm not sure is real or if that, you know, is, is but it's like at this point, I'm, I'd just be curious to see it. <laughs> you know, if, even I if that is Super Sons. If they're going to give me World Finest Super Sons, I, yes, absolutely. I kind of thought we're, we were going to get that with uh, Superman and Lois, uh, right now because of uh because of clark and lois's two kids uh but but i would i would watch the out of some super signs 
that was one of my favorite uh, uh, series of stories in World's Finest. Um, yeah, those were great. So, yeah, I'm all for that. Let's go. Okay. But, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I think we're all on the same page as far as that stuff's concerned. And, uh, as always, these, these uh, episodes get away from me. Uh, so we've been talking about Snyder uh, Cut for a while. Um, final thoughts, anything that you haven't said that you feel like needs to be said? Uh, let's start with you on this one, Mark. All right. I'll just reiterate. Um, for those of you out there that are hating uh, Zack Snyder for, quote, unquote, ruining your childhood, um, sack up. Okay. He didn't ruin anything. He made three movies. All right. There's, uh, there's hundreds of hours, uh, probably approaching a thousand hours of Superman that you can go watch and you can, and I guarantee you some of that stuff is unwatchable. It's more unwatchable in, in so many other ways. Uh, you know, if you really hate his Batman, go, go watch Batman 66. Let's see how long, let's see how long you last. I'm betting Marsha Queen of Diamonds is where you check out. All right. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. We don't need to be having this fight. Uh, there's way other things that we need to be, uh, having better conversations about. So, um, you know, if you just can't stand it, feel free to not watch it. But honestly, you know, you're missing out on some good stuff. There's some great stuff in those movies. And prior to 2008, we all had to watch this stuff and pick out the great stuff because it was never flawless. It's never been perfect. It's always been a mixed bag. We always, and we're always happy when that mixed bag is like 65, 70% because then it, it was like, okay, it was mostly good. So, you know, Find something to love about it, but um, for God's sake, you know, leave him alone. He's he he doesn't deserve uh, the he's been given. Um, he really doesn't, and I and I I hate that that fans of stuff that I love that ex, that that extol the virtues of being a better person uh, are sending death threats to directors and actors for these perceived transgressions. I think that's uh, that's the, the, the highest amount of bull and, and, and shame on you. Yeah. Anytime that people like make it personal about like the creative people behind a product rather than about the product, that's probably like, I have no issue with anyone that wants to say like the Snyder cut was an awful movie and will like explain their position on that. That is different from saying like Zack Snyder is awful and I hate you and I'm going to kill you and all that kind of stuff. You know, like anytime you make it personal, right. that is where yeah. it, it, it becomes wrong. You there know, because these people, they're just making a product. And if you don't like that product, that's fine. Don't watch it. You know, that's, that's, that's it. But yeah, definitely agree with you. And also Mark, I have to agree with you because as a child of the eighties, I came at that end from the 89 movie. And, um, because it was so popular on the family channel, suddenly they started running the Batman 66. And so I was like, oh, Batman, you know, having watched the Keaton movie and loving it, I'm gonna watch that. And my God, <laughs> I was so unprepared for Batman 66 after seeing the Keaton movie. And I was just like, what is this? Like, I recognized the costume. <laughs> it's it, not uh, Batman. Yeah. It's I watched that stuff, guys, at four years old. And it was like, as a four or five-year-old kid, that's so cool. That's so cool. Like, boof, bang, pow. But it's for kids. 
But if you're trying to go for like say teenager or adult, you just got you know get their enjoyment and what they were doing, and then that's it. I enjoy the Green Hornet series more than I enjoy. Oh, Green Hornet, yeah, badass, yeah, he's so good, man. One one final final thought. Um, if those of you out there that that are uh, upset that 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 Snyder has presented a dark version of DC, um, and and you don't think that the DC characters are dark, do me a favor. Go make a pile of your uh, Batman: The Dark Knight Returns and your Batman Year One and your Justice League: The Nail uh, that Alan Davis did and uh, your V for Vendetta. And uh, all of those other uh, Kingdom Come, take your Kingdom Come and your special edition hardcover Kingdom Come. Take all of that and burn it, because clearly none of that has any place in the world uh, with with your with your squeaky clean, happy go lucky DC stuff. I'll, I'll remind you that that in the fifties, Batman was fighting off aliens, and Superman was dealing with rainbow kryptonite. So, you know, you can't have it both ways. You, you have to decide uh, where you're going to go on it. And if, you're, and if it's mythic, then it can stand more than one interpretation. If these characters really are larger than, them, than, the, than the scope of their uh, selves, then you can give them more than one spin. That's what the whole Elseworlds thing was about. So lighten the hell up. No, and that's fair. And that's, that's the thing. My I job. mean, it's like... And that's the thing. It's like we we exist in a world where we've had, you know, a lot of versions of these characters, of some of these characters, Superman and Batman specifically. And so it's like the world can stand an alternative take, you know. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, James, what about you? Any final thoughts on the uh, Snyder Cut? I'll say I'll say the one thing that I said the last podcast we did, <laughs> which was I was like there was too much slow motion for me. Zack Snyder used slow motion like J.J. Abrams uses lens flares. Like, it was all over the place. Uh, but yeah. He's a man no, who knows what he likes. He is. He is and, and you know, that's the thing I will give Zack Snyder at the end of the day. Like, um, if by chance my buddy Paul listens to this podcast, God knows I'll try to get him to. Um, like, my big takeaway is, it is at the end of the day, as as Mark kind of said, and I, and I'll I'll say in in, in a shorter pur- purview, which is like these are these are all our heroes. Like all of us like these heroes, but it is perfectly acceptable for there to be different versions because guess what? There are a lot of different versions. Like my favorite, one of my favorite Batman stories is one that they told a few years ago, where Batman dies and then travels through time as a cave bat, as a pirate, <laughs> like. Yeah all this stuff i and love I was like, that james yeah, yeah i was like this is the coolest shit. are you kidding um i was just like but i know people who are just like that was so stupid that was the dumbest thing and i go but this is the great thing about comics is comic book creators will do this they will turn a character on its head they'll do wonky stuff with it because guess okay. what it's not real it's fictional ask, it's fiction and that's the great thing about it um while snyder's universe isn't necessarily for me on the whole 
Um, Good girl. I may have to go back and rewatch movies now. And again, it's all because of what Lucas said. It's yes. What yes. Lucas I'm going to have to go watch Superman like, again. Thank you, Lucas. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm so glad to be of service. This is what I did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about how you look at things, guys. It, you know, you got, you know, it's funny. My dad was always interested, you know, and say, oh, if this didn't work, look at it from a different angle. A lot of us are so stuck on just seeing things from just our own perspective, or whatever, as opposed to, you know, get out of the way and look at it from other angles to be able to see it. And so for me, as I get older, I'm becoming where it's important. Like it's, I'm using it like a muscle, that mentality of, you got to look at things from different angles and see what, you know, others can't see. Because right now they're saying, well, this is, it doesn't work. Why is it doesn't work? And then you see it's like, oh, I figured it out. I fi it's like no different than getting the golden ticket from Charlie and Chocolate Factor. And that's all you are doing, guys, is just, you, you, you know, I listen to a lot of these film, you know, critics, and I can know the ones who are too stuck up, you know, they've been doing this for too long. And then I get this, those ones who are like saying, well, this is what I saw, and this is how I got to it. And they literally will tell you how, and you're like, we're going to say, well, damn, now I got to relook at the movie again. Yeah. That's the best way, you know, because we all look at it from our own perception, but we never, ever really look and try to find what was the intent that these directors and these producers and even these actors were trying to make happen. And we're in a role, like you said, Martin. Uh, what you said, Mark, is that we got so much, and that's the problem I'm saying now. We got so much, but everybody is looking for crumbs. You got gourmet meals. <laughs> you got great stuff, but yet you're looking for that little kernel, yeah. and you're going to die on that hill. And I'm saying, why? Just go back to your books. Hell, if you don't like it, we got technology now where you can actually make the films that you want. That's why I like stuff like Bad in the Sun on YouTube. These guys make the Superman and Batman and other superhero films that they want to make. They don't wait for Hollywood to do it. They put their own funds, they use their own money, whether it be crowdfunding, whatever, and they put it out there. So there's no excuses anymore. The days yeah. of you saying, oh, well, uh, I don't like it, boo-hoo, you know, the hell with the director and producers. I hate that, you know, actor. Grow the hell up and grow some balls. Because if that is your biggest hang-up, there are bigger fish to fry out there that you will not be able to deal with, my friend. There you go. Yeah, if this is if this is throwing you off your game, God help you, you know, if something real comes along. Well, yeah, I mean, Mark, you used that phrase earlier that people say of you ruined my childhood. And that phrase always annoys me because even when I don't like a property, I, I never say it ruined my childhood because my childhood's still there and the version of that thing is still there. So if I don't yeah, like buddy. the new version, that's fine. I don't ever have to experience it again. You know, I can just watch you know, the, the, the older version that I prefer. So yeah, I yep. think that, that people, you know, are making way too big a deal out of things. And they're like, you ruined my childhood. Well, no, they didn't. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Lucas, is there anything else you wanted to say about the Snyder cut? I'm just glad it's out. I'm glad it's there for people to get, because when the buildup, the lead up to it was coming, I was catching so much hell, whether it be YouTube, 
I had to leave Twitter because I got into some knucklehead. You know what I'm saying? I got time for this crap. I got other <laughs> stuff to deal with. Right. Why am I going to let this knucklehead, you know, get into my personal headspace about this thing and rub my blood pressure because I can't find this knucklehead, you know? Yeah. So I just said, and they said, oh, we're so sorry. But now I'm just saying, you know what? I'm happy with the fact that because you can't lump me in with all these haters or whatever. I got the thing I wanted. I got to see something happen. And now, like I said, you can say whatever the hell you want to say. You call me every F word and everything else. Guess what? It's not because this. It wasn't a myth. Grow the hell up. You can either watch it or don't. It's there. And I'm a happy man. Now, this is all we're going to get? Fine. Yeah. And like I said, for me, I've been okay with, you know, slow motion from, you know, stacks since um, 300. There's only one movie he's disappointed me in, that's Sucker Punch. Oh. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that movie. Like I said, visually <laughs> the stunning. The Sucker Punch was story expecting a good movie. <laughs> I was like, at the end, I said, this is what you do to our main character? Okay, yeah, go screw yourself. Other than that, he has not, he has not messed me over at all with Angel's mm. part. So how he gets all this hate, it still baffles me. But like you said, he does. He That's his go-to. He loves the slow motion stuff. Just like the James Avery. You know, every director, guys, has something that they're yeah, they've all, that they're got a style. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just their stuff. And so I'm like saying, well, what the hell were you expecting? Were you expecting, you know, him to change his ways? If he wants his, you know, three course, no, that's what the hell he's going to get every single day. So you're going to get the lens flare from JJ. You're going to get the slow-mo from whatever. You're just going to have to grin there until you can find whatever you do like. But like I said, if, if that's not for you, I ain't going to, you know, hate on you. But the fact that so many fans were saying, this sucker exists, and we know it exists, put it out there, and we're being literally demonized. I mean, I'm talking about drag out, you know, talk about it. Yeah. That was like one of the worst things I've ever seen in social media since. And the sad part is that I'm seeing now that same type of energy now geared toward Star Wars fans and Doctor Who fans and Ghostbusters fans. It's like, yes, we are very passionate about it. But the people that you need to be going after are those who, like I said, do the death threats. But don't want all of us in with these knuckleheads. We have our criticism and they are founded in facts and evidence. Because we know you guys can do better. So I'm just glad that the scenario exists, Nathan. And that's pretty much how I'm going to end it, buddy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, the one thing that I wanted to mention from the movie that I thought was just such a great line, that is when Bruce is introducing them to Alfred, and he says, this is Alfred, I work for him. And it's just like, and again, that's a great use of humor in the movie that is not like an out and out look at us we're being wacky funny ha, ha, ha. but it shows like kind of like the relationship that bruce and alfred have and again i think that affleck is a phenomenal batman i think we've had a phenomenal uh alfred um there with uh with um jeremy irons is that his name mm -hmm. yeah jeremy irons and 
Um, you know, and again, I love that relationship. So that's one thing I just thought of that I was like, oh yeah, I should mention that just because I love that line when they gave that. And um, I loved them in general in this version. Uh, I'm still going to stick by the fact, I still think, like I was one of the few people who liked the theatrical version after I saw it back in the day. I still think there are good things about it. And I think that, like I said, it's better on an emotional level. Whereas I feel like this, this the Snyder Cut's better on plot. You know, and it's better on, you know, like I say, it retroactively makes BVS and Man of Steel better movies. Right. Because we now see the vision, whereas the theatrical Justice League kind of existed as a thing that, yeah, it took things from those prior movies, but thematically it didn't feel like a, you know, a successor to it, which is, I think, the point that Mark was making uh, earlier about it. So, um, but uh, but yeah, but but I'm still glad the Snyder Cut got made because, like I say, I have a new appreciation for Man of Steel and BVS because of it, and definitely I love the addition of Apocalypse. I love the time travel element they bring in, uh, and uh, I mean it was there in BVS, but I mean like that they did more with that and setting stuff up. And like I say, like after that, I now want to see the payoff because that movie did a great job of setting up a lot of things that it would be like, man, this really sucks. If like the only payoff we get from that is, you know, well, Aquaman, yeah, that connected in, you know, and, and I think Wonder Woman three is still going to take up uh, from this is after justice league. And we know that Patty Jenkins like respects Zack Snyder and she will probably, I think, make it be like a, like a touch off from that, the end of the movie. Uh, into Wonder Woman three for when Diana goes back to the mascara because she's already said that's part of. Wonder be Woman all right 3. with that. Yeah. yeah. So, but but then there's so many other parts of that that were being set up that we don't get to see. So I'd even love if I mean I know that I know this is pie in the sky, but I'd love it if you know like Warner like changed its management and Ray Fisher was you know willing to come back now that they cleaned house. But I'm not sure that part's going to happen because I'd still love to get a cyborg movie, you know, out of this. So you know. But uh, but yeah, so we'll have to see how things go. But uh, yeah, I think I think it's better that the movie got made the way that Zack Snyder wanted to make it than that it didn't. Um, so uh, yeah, so let's say our goodbyes now and let people know where they can find us online. So let's start with you, James. Yeah, uh, people can find me on Twitter at Roman on the Rocks um, and Facebook at Roman on the Rocks. It's pretty much Roman on the Rocks everywhere um as is my website that has been inactive for some time but i uh, can check out old articles and other podcasts there and you can find my podcast on a number of different places um so yeah it's just roman on the rocks um in which all of those old episodes i'm drinking and talking about things so all right great and lucas why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you you know man it's been a pleasure i enjoyed this more than possibly you should have but uh that's possibly the uh, margarita also talking. Um, <laughs> oh, I loved it. Uh, but uh, this was good, guys. Um, you can find me on Facebook, and you can find my website, which is uh, Luke's Speculation. It's a WordPress. Um, it's a WordPress website about crossover speculations. Um, last one I did was on what would happen if you could bring back Optimus Prime as a Gundam in the Universal <laughs> Century. So you can find me there. That's the last one. And it's been a while since I've done an entry. So I need to get back to it before it becomes fully inactive. But thanks again, Nathan. It's been fun, Mark and James. And I hope to do this again, buddy. Yeah, it was great having you back on, Lucas. And uh, Mark, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you? Uh, yes. 
Great topic. Uh, really nice to meet you guys. I uh, am an indolent Twitter person. Uh, you know, on second, don't follow me there. I hate Twitter. Uh, <laughs> hit me up on Facebook uh, if you uh, want to follow me. Mention that you uh, heard me on the 42 cast so I know uh, who you are and don't just blow you off. Um, I do have um, a couple of uh, blogs. Confessions of a Reformed RPGer uh, and um, Mark the Aging Hipster, which is a uh, pin's wake, my long running thing. That's got a lot of personal stuff in it. And uh, trigger warning, it's a, a, it's currently full of things about uh, death and cancer. So um, be advised, it's not going to be fun unless you go back a couple of years. Um, so better to just follow me on Facebook where I'm trying to not be such a downer um and oh and of course the gentleman nerds you can hit me up on the gentleman nerds.com uh i podcast with uh some some great guys and we have similarly nerdy conversations uh as well all right I'll check well, that out lucas mark and james thank you so much for being on the podcast this week you're welcome for having me and that's a wrap on our justice league snyder cut episode we hope that you enjoyed it, and you can let us know whether that's true or not in a variety of ways. One way is to email us at everything at 42cast.com. Another way is to go to our website at 42cast.com. Another way is to tweet to us at 42cast, or go to Instagram at 42cast, or go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash 42cast. You can also leave us reviews on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. And so, yeah, we just want feedback. We want to know what you like, what you don't like. We get far too little feedback. We get some. Would love to have more. So please do that. Also, the ratings on Apple Podcasts helps promote our show because the more ratings we get, the more likely they are to promote the show. So that's appreciated too. I also want to make sure everyone's aware of the ESO Patreon. That's a way of supporting all the shows on the ESO Network. You can go to patreon.com slash ESO Network and just check out the different tiers. You know, pay a certain amount per month. You get different perks. Some shows contribute early episodes. Some shows contribute exclusive episodes. There's a whole exclusive podcast that you can get access to with one of the tiers. So just check that out. Check what you can get with the different tiers. And if you have some funds that you can contribute, we'd all appreciate it if you do that. I also want to plug my other podcasts. And the first one is Time Streams, where my friend Juliet and I are going through all of Doctor Who from the beginning. You don't have to watch the series with us if you're just curious about Doctor Who or you just like our banter. We explain everything about the episodes we're reviewing that's important, so you can just follow along with us. You definitely get more out of it if you're watching the show, but I know if you don't want to pay for BritBox or you don't want to buy the DVDs or you just have a hard time watching 60s television or whatever, you might not want to do that. So you can dip your toe in with us, and then if that intrigues you, you can go and watch the episodes too. I mean, there's all sorts of different ways you can spin it. So I just want to make sure people are aware you don't have to watch the show with us because I realize that for some people that would make it a little bit difficult just check us out on time streams the other one is legendary forces where myself and four other intrepid podcasters i've named them on other episodes so i'm not going to do that here we are going through all of star wars fictional media from the very beginning and in that one we not only review it we're also telling you whether or not it's worth your time so uh now that a lot of that older material that wasn't you know it's not a movie comic books novels etc it's considered non-canon by Disney. 
is it even worth you reading just because it's just that good or because it informs our knowledge of Star Wars because other things later on have picked it up or whatever. And so we're talking about all that kind of stuff. You know, how important is it for Star Wars and how it's sort of like been created within the zeitgeist of our culture and how good is it as just something to read or watch or all that kind of stuff. So anyway, check out Legendary Forces if that sounds interesting to you. In con news, I don't think anything has really changed. Still participating in Virtual Dragon Con. No new panels have come up from what I've mentioned before. And I'm still going to be at Chicago TARDIS this year. Uh, don't know money details about Chicago TARDIS yet. So yeah, that's a wrap. Join us back next week when John Pertwee will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off. You have been listening to the 42 cast copyright 2021. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42 cast.com. Theme music is sharper swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. The 42 cast is a proud member of the ESO network. for some outtakes you were just saying that no one should direct watchmen <laughs> yes ever uh but i did i did like the uh the hbo series a lot i still uh, need to watch that i haven't i haven't had an opportunity to sit down with it yet lucas have you seen it i dropped off after the third episode but i'll try to get back to it it uh i think i think it was actually the smartest thing that he could have done which is to not um to to not redo watchmen he basically the and what's cool about it is the premise is not that the the movie happened but that the comic book happened he literally takes the yeah he takes the comic book with With the the comic book ending yeah with the with the space squid and then we go forward from there and uh uh man that it's fantastic for just i'll check, I'll, I'll check it out yeah I, just, I had issues with uh the uh with the brother that was in the thing i thought he was going to be a, another character and when they actually said who he was i was like uh uh no he's not you know he's this guy you know yeah. and i understand you know they did what they did but i was like saying um I, I had big, big issues with uh, episode three. Yeah. Um, big issues. So, so I'll try to uh, do it. But as far as where I heard what they did with Dr. Manhattan and even with Ozzy Mandit, that was very interesting. And of course, you put, you know, Jeremy Irons, you know, who's also in this movie. You mm-hmm. know, he did an outstanding job as yeah, Alfred. Yeah, I movie. like his Alfred. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. He is, he is the, I, I ain't going to say he's the best Jarvis, but he's close enough. <laughs> with concerns you know tech support for um bruce but yeah. um but for for the idea of him as ozymandias and what he had planned and then coming back and finding about his daughter and whatever that was interesting enough but uh no it's just that for me 
and especially with concerns the first episode. First episode, Watchmen, guys, like when it opens up with the bombing of Tulsa, um, Oklahoma, and that horror show, and uh, whatever. That was tough was to watch. Yeah, it was tough to watch, but that's our history, whether yeah. people like it or not. And you know, and so for me, I was saying, I see where you guys are going, but then when they made that twist, I was like, mm, I'm gonna come back to this later. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I wanted him to be his own character, not yeah. associated with that particular character from the right. Comic. Right. And for me, I, I think that they did a disservice to the original intent of what Alan Moore did with that character. Yeah. Changing that origin like that, the way they did. I, that, that's just me. That's there's a no, I get it. And I, there, I will say that there's some stuff that gets presented in like the first three or four episodes that kind of doesn't pay off until, you know, eight, nine, 10, you know, like how they do, you know, it, so uh, it'd be, I, I'd, I'd love to hear your take if you can make it through all of them and see what, how oh, that, it changes I anything. Will. Yeah. I will. And I'll just literally do, we'll start from episode four onwards and see what they got. Cause I got a friend of mine who uh, does another podcast, uh, Derek Ferguson. Oh, they, uh, you know, Derek, cool. And me and him, we've been friends for a while, man. He's my buddy. And um, he does the uh, superhero cinephiles. And um, he's going to be covering with our Perry Costa team, the uh, Snyder Cut, eventually. It'll just be those two. But they had the rebroadcast of their uh, of their thoughts on the uh, theatrical cut, which they just recently rebroadcasted. So it's interesting. But uh, he and Perry went in depth on their thoughts on the uh, you know, Watchmen um, yeah. TV series. Yeah. So it, it, you know, I just I have to revisit it. it. I mean, it's looking right at me on uh, you know HBO Max. So yeah, eventually I'll get to it. Yeah. It's but, it, uh, it's 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 a lot to take in. I, it's one of the few times when I was glad that I wasn't binging it. You know, uh, yeah. I, I you know it, it, especially well that that season opener was was just brutal, and so. Oh. Uh, you know, yeah, that that's that, you know, you watch movies like uh, Rosewood. Uh, you understand that you know, you can see now why you had the age of superhero comics and comic books. It wasn't just the, it wasn't just the rise of organized crime and prohibition, whatever. There was right. a lot of stuff happening in the twenties and thirties that led to people saying, "We need people who are stronger, faster, smarter." who could possibly deal with a lot of these social issues that we can't do and they're able to be more than who we are. And so yeah. when they went back to that uh, bit of tragedy, which a lot of kids don't know about, I mean, they're finally realizing it now with their parents, like, that really happened? Yeah, I mean, the song by Charlie Murphy called uh, when he was in his old band, um, which, uh, you know, people remember the tagline, you dropped a bomb on me. Um, that was about, you know, the Tulsa, Oklahoma tragedy. And everything you saw there is exactly what happened. Uh, it was uh, it was gentrification and its worst outcome. Yeah. And, um, you know, you think about a survivor that, you know, eventually becoming a hero and so forth. That, you know, is almost a foregone conclusion. I think yeah. it's I think it's strange or maybe not. I guess maybe it's not because you're dealing with such a large uh, corporation that Warner would be so tone deaf, you know, regarding uh, their their Justice League movies and and their real and really the whole DCEU, and 
HBO seems to be leaning into it and, and going, you know what, let's, let's shine a light on some stuff. You know, I think it's, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm glad I think that at least HBO is doing something, but it, it sort of bothers me, uh, you know, I, and nothing against char- the character of Cyborg, uh, because, you know, uh, I was a new Teen Titans fan from the get-go, you know, and, and, and that was my, that era, Wolfman Perez, Teen Titans, that was my jam. I was able to, I got that, I got in there on the ground floor, man. I was in the fourth grade when that came out. That was, that was big doings. But uh, uh, I thought, you know, there was just some opportunities that I thought could have been addressed earlier on, you know. Uh, how about John Stewart? Give me, give me, give me John Stewart Green Lantern. Always love John Stewart I'm Green you, Lantern. I'm telling you, and this is the thing, um, Mark, is that it's funny. It's like Warner and Disney are two sides of the same coin. Yeah. What I mean by this is this, whereas the movie side of the Marvel Universe was getting things mostly right, there is a few hiccups, but not a lot. The TV side was struggling. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and I got into all the military costume about this, which, you know, since then we haven't even talked to each other. I think he blocked me. But I have two minds about Ike Perlmutter. I mean, I know, you know, his political affiliations, but I'm not going to get into that. But there are certain things I think he was trying to work towards that didn't pan out, whether it be because of time, money, or whatever, that didn't come in. But after he left, things kind of got better, but things kind of got worse with the Inhumans. Yeah. Um, and now they're trying to literally put everything back in with, Falcon and Wood, Soldier One, Division, and what have you. The opposite is now happening with Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers is floundering on the movie side. TV-wise, they're pretty much doing good work. I mm-hmm. mean, um, the Superman, like I said, Tyler, Tyler is, if you could go from Christopher Reeve to Brandon Routh, what little, you know, he had, he did what he could, and then, of course, Tyler, those are the Superman that you think about when you're like saying, oh, yeah, yeah. that's that optimistic. The real mm-hmm. world, in the ground, questioning his actions will always be the Henry Cavill. However, this is the thing. This is the nut. This is, the, this is really the genius of the Snyder Cut. And unfortunately, we'll never see this. Is that I think that his epic was really about the... the psychological and personality redemption of Clark Kent, the entire series, because it all comes down to him. He equates humanity with individual people, not with the grander people, but with his father, with his mother, with Lois. What happens one day if they're all gone? Then his ties with humanity dies with them. And so, it's easy for him to be corrupted and easy for a dark side to get into him. And so he becomes an injustice Superman because it's no different than some people. Some people cannot, you know, expand their heart and their, and their sense of generosity beyond their inner circle. Yeah. That's a really, that's and, a really cool take. Uh, yeah. And 
And that's and that's and that's the whole thing. I think that Snyder at the end of it was, you know, yeah, it was going to be, you know, craziness, Ragnarok, gone, insane. If we had gotten to the future war, but at the same time, it's they were playing to send somebody back, or at least information back to whoever they could get to impact Superman at a specific point, so that he could say, "So this is what's going to happen. I need to see this." Oh, and he's going to lose people. I mean, yeah. this is a Kryptonian. It's no different than what I'm seeing with, say, Invincible. And you guys, if you're not watching this stuff, I don't know what to tell you. Because after watching the Snyder Cut and then watching the last four episodes of Invincible, it puts a lot of stuff in perspective. Yeah. It concerns the psychology of what it means to be a superhuman. Well, this is, this is one of the... This is one of the big things that that Byrne did in uh, 88 when he got to redo the character is he made Krypton cold and emotionless. Exactly. And it's, you know, Superman becomes who he is because of his his Smallville appearance. And so that's actually, man, I... If that's really where he was going with that, that's brilliant. The idea, you know, because that's a real common thing these days. It's really common to, you know, only care to the edge of your door, right? There you go. You know, uh, you know, I, 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 I feel deeply for you and and you and you, but them out there, they can go f- themselves, there and that's go, a man. that's a man. Because uh, when you see, because when you see, even like say the, even the theatrical or ultimate version of BBS, and you see him in that whole crowd of people, and they're touching on him. You see oh how yeah, easy he is. You know, yeah, saying, well, why yeah, he, he's doing this, and but when he gets with Lois or when he's with his mom, you see how wholesome he is. This is a Superman who's been in a bubble because of his father, and whether you agree with his father's decision or not, and I'll be honest with you. I love the uplifting, uh, Joseph, you know, uplifting Jonathan Kent from the Donner cut, as well as even oh, from the yeah. animated series. But yeah. The father that for me is the most important is the one who's going to literally say, "Yeah, come here, knucklehead. This is what you got to deal with. This is what you got to worry about, and what have you." He's not trying to scare you. He's trying to prepare you. But yeah. what happens when you're pretty much built yourself so many walls because you're afraid of what could go wrong. Yeah. Well, and, and, and so, you know, this is, this was sort of my takeaway after watching the, the, the whole of the Snyder cut is Zach needs room to work, you know? Oh God. Uh, and, yeah, but, and, yeah. And as soon as I realized that, I, I, you know, it really shines a light on how Warner Brothers f-ed up, you yes. know, they not just with him, with up so many Donner, other man. directors. Yeah, yeah. With, just Donner. I mean, Donner. Oh, cut, yeah. Versus the cut that we we had, we got is like, Jesus is so much different. Yeah. And that's what they've been doing for decades is that. They will think that, oh, because realize this, guys, whether we like it or not, these corporations, these studios are ran by bean counters. They care about putting butts in the seat. And the most butts they can put in depends on the focus groups that they literally go to see these movies. They'll show one cut, and then they'll show another cut. 
and then they'll then they'll gauge and say, oh, well, this is what we think they'll do. So let's just do it like that. And so, how many movies other than Superman have been put out there that were just pretty much bargain, bargain, you know, been you know movies that had better cuts? And so I get on people every time when I say, well, you know, these toxic fans and the Snyder Cut thing, how dare they? And I'm saying, so question, would you rather have a double cheese or would you rather have a filet mignon? Yeah. Yeah, they're different things. And then, sh- and then they shut up. As soon as I say it, then they shut up. Because it's not about toxic fans. That, oh, well, they just rally against it, whatever. People use their hard-earned money, Mark to be able to go see these movies. They could just oh, yeah. something else. But no, they want to see quality in the films that they get as opposed to, oh, well, it's just a usual garden variety stuff. And this is what really gets on my nerves is the fact that y'all going to try this and say, well, how dare you? You know, all these people were just, you know, whatever. No, they are passionate enough. But the problem is this, when you get the few bad apples who are, you know, crazy, like what we just happened recently with uh with Wyatt uh Russell, you know, Kurt Russell and Billy Hahn's mm. son, who's yeah. the new Captain America, with that nonsense of he's getting death threats, you know, online. And I'm saying these knuckleheads need to be found out. And this is and I tell this to my friends, what you guys are seeing in my face, guess what? Whether you agree with it or not, I'm not gonna hide behind the symbol, I'm not gonna hide behind the letter. I want you to see this face because this face here is going to be genuine with you. The yeah. problem now, what I see with Twitter is you got all these bots, all these knuckleheads who got no nuts. And I'm literally being honest, no nuts, who will literally go on there, say the worst things possible, and they got no type of repercussions for their actions. Yeah. That has got to stop. That's yeah. That really, Dodge City for social media has got to stop with that. But you lumping me and these guys and say, yeah, give me the damn cut because I know it's out there. And say, oh, you're being toxic. I got big issues with that. Yeah. You know, I've lost friends both in reality and online because of just that fact. And I had and I had no care of even knowing these stuff ever again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, you, you, y'all may not know this. I actually own a movie theater. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting atop of it right now, much like a supervillain. And uh so I can tell you, and of course, I'm in a small town, so everybody knows I'm the king geek, right? Like I'm the, you know, they know. They always ask me, so what do you think of the latest, you know, whatever the superhero movie is or wizards or robots? Uh, and I can tell you that coming out of the theater, the audience loved uh, Batman versus Superman and Man of Steel and Justice League. My, they, they did. Uh, and these were these are not oh I, there's a few you know hardcore comic readers sprinkled in there and and all that by and large most of the people that went to see the movies at least you know in in small conservative Texas town a you know uh, thought it was the bee's knees they were like finally a Superman that I can get behind and and you know whether I however I feel about that means all they they put their money down twice to see it i'm you know that's kind of there you go and warner knows that you know uh i i love the fact that that they would look at an eight hundred thousand uh an eight hundred million dollar uh return and consider that a failure uh that just 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> there's a point at which that money stops making sense. It's you Twilight know? Zone, Mark. It's Twilight Zone because yeah. for them, if it's not over a billion and going, it's a failure because it's hubris, it's greed, it's gluttony, definitely. But it's a fact of everything now has to go bigger and better. And don't get me wrong, you have to reach for the stars. But nine times out of ten, you're going to see a beautiful stratosphere. And you got to be able to be okay with that. Yeah. And with these guys, I don't know if it's the pressure, if they just got, you know, if they got a bunch of Gordon Geckos who are running these organizations now who are just pretty much, you know, agents of Satan or whatever. But, <laughs> but they need to get their balls back and they need to, like, really say, you know what? We're going to put out the stuff where we want. You need to fund it or I'll get, you know, fund it. And this is the thing, too. Some of these, and I throw this out to all directors. If the studios is not treating you guys the way you want to, crowdfund that sucker, do whatever you have to do independently to get the sucker to market. Yeah. Get your local damn, you know, theaters, make deals with other theaters and get your product out because it's only going to get worse. And we're seeing it now with Warner. Um, I mean, this is the issue with monopolies is that once you feed the, the, you feed the monster, that's all it wants is more and more and more. It's no different yeah. than a Dave Matthews song, you know, too much. I love that song because that's where we are right now. He saw, you know, over 25 years ago, exactly where we would be right now. And that's exactly where we are. It's like, we got Disney, ate up everything, Warner. And if Warner ain't careful, Sony's looking side eye at them saying, oh, I might want to buy you. Yeah, I could see that happening because it's never too much. It's clearly corporate empires. And unfortunately, what happened with empires? They crumble from the inside out. I, I think the primary difference, first of all, point of order, Disney is the great Satan. Uh, Warner Brothers yeah. is, is just a pack of thieves. Uh, there you go. Uh, but uh, Warner is actually old school. They're very old money and they're um they're still in a very uh parochial mindset the way they're doing stuff and in, and uh the this this decision to stream and release theatrically that's that came from AT&T that did not come from Warner you know they're they're very uh and I, I don't mean this politically I mean this um uh as a mindset they're very they're conservative right yeah. thinking pl place disney i think i when you said disney made some you know missteps i think the difference is that disney's um structure is younger and especially where marvel is concerned they have a, a much tighter turning radius it's easier for them to course correct because of how their schedule is set up Absolutely. Yeah, we don't have to wait three years for the next yeah. thing. We have to wait six months, and so right. they can make those they can make those changes faster, you know. And 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 now they're they're you know really paying attention to it. Warner has not ever figured out how to do that maneuvering at all, and so they're 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 very much uh, ledger oriented. Their bottom line. They're, they're the people that go back and go, well, what did the last four Superman movies do? Okay, well, well, then we obviously did something right because uh, they, they made globally this much money. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do what we always do with movies. 
and 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 you know if it's a romantic comedy you can have 20 different fingers in the pie and nobody notices you know if it's you know uh if, if it's if it's a, a mystery thriller you know nobody's gonna care so they can just make it unfortunately for the tentpole movies um they have uh they've got a lot on the line the only reason the harry potter movies did so well is because uh rolling uh essentially put a clause in there that gave her some veto power and they Absolutely. and they and they stood back and said all right well it's we're just gonna let you make these movies and that's let why they look the way this, they do mark it, let me tell you this mark it was possibly the best marketing campaign i've seen mm-hmm. outside of star wars and you know any other you know franchise ever is that when that's because i had no idea my brothers knew about the series but when that sucker came out and it's like yeah this is what's coming i said well what is this and now i'm looking and i'm saying how many books but they're almost done this and this and so you're seeing this multimedia pretty much like straight down the line you got the books you got the movies you got the video games you got you got all candy. these other things. Every oh my god! <laughs> Toys. Now, yeah, you know you got theme parks. I'm not saying these guys are really going hard and strong about this. So yeah. I, you know I applaud that. And I'll be honest with you, with what they had for that, I don't want a continuation. You know, the yeah. Potter age had his good day. Don't try to bring that back because right. you see what happens when you start to bring stuff back and it don't actually, you know, go game busters. Yeah. And then you have to go back to the mill. And I'm not going to, you know, sideline a certain franchise, but that's what's happening right yeah. now. You, James, you just, you've been talking this whole time. I can't, you know, <laughs> you got to let somebody else uh, have a thought, man. You just, you can't monopolize yeah, yeah. the mic like that. I'm sorry, yeah. Nathan. He's been a real, it's, it's been, it's been rough since you left. It really has. It's just well, sorry it took a few minutes longer than I thought uh, it would, fine. guys. But on the plus side, I found my wallet, which I thought I had lost, which is nice. why I popped back into the room. Right after I left, I was looking for my wallet. So, are you sure Batman didn't find it for you? I understand Kevin, you know, and Beth <laughs> have a thing. She might have just called to put the wallet uh, in, in in the chair. See, please. that would be a lot more fun, Mark, if I knew that you didn't hate like all the animated stuff, yeah, like the eighties onwards. I don't. I do, I love Batman. Are you kidding me? I love Batman. Oh, okay. Because you told me once that like it's all meant to sell toys, like all the cartoons oh, from the eighties. Yeah, 80s yeah and Teenage onwards. Mutant Ninja Turtles is oh, meant to sell toys. Man. Yeah, Masters of the Universe. Batman, the animated series, was the sh. Uh, same thing. The animated toys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, man. Uh. The first, the first action figure from that I got was that giant ass man bat, uh, that oh, with man. the wings that unfolded. That Lucky. thing was beautiful. Lucky. Oh, so good, man. Yeah, no, that's the, the the DC animated stuff is the exception to all of that. I'm. It's yeah. funny because I thought the Marvel animated stuff in the '90s was way better, but you know I like ah. the animated stuff. But like X Men was way better than Batman. <laughs> I, I, well we've talked about wow. this before you know how dc had these successful movies but they didn't really have uh have a lot of tv action going on but the animated series sort of made up for it right. whereas marvel had you know tv and, and the movies and none of it was good and so you know we had to it, it was like a buffet you know we had to take some from over here and some from over here but no batman all the all the um, Bruce Tim Paul Dini stuff gets a pass. 
because it's absolutely it's good good all around man mm -hmm. yeah no yeah. complaints and speaking Justice of superman the it. superman animated series which doesn't get anywhere near as much love as batman the animated series no but it's fantastic yeah yeah oh yeah uh, I just never got the Superman I ever wanted, which was Nick Cage's Superman. <laughs> I, I want that <laughs> Superman. You might. <laughs> I, you might. I didn't want it for years until I watched the documentary. And when I watched the documentary and saw just how over the top it was going to be, right? Like, I mean, like almost David Lynchian and it's in its out thereness i was prepared to watch it just to, just to see where it would go yeah i, w I wouldn't have poo-pooed it uh but but this has been a broadcast of the eso network be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our eso patreon or by shopping for the t public store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com the ESO Network, your station for all things geek.